Hello there and welcome to episode number 40, the Big 4-0. Life begins at 40 on True Cult Pop, the music podcast. It's me, Stephen Hill. I hope you're well. We've got a packed show ready for you this week. We're in seventh heaven as we discuss new music from Will Haven. One in the pink, one in the tape. The new album from Lil Uzi Vert gets a listen as well. We set our sights on the new military gun record. And after liking it so much, it was always inevitable that we would go back to part two of The Inevitable Fork by Melted Bodies. Plus, couldn't think of a pun. And it's far too exciting for me to to demean it with a shit pun. We're going to be reviewing the new Wham! documentary, which has just come out on Netflix as well. And joining me, as ever, well, I say as ever. In fact, we'll get to that in a second. Firstly, it's Gaz Jones. Hello, Gaz. Good evening, mate. You wanted the best. Well, you got the best. You, you've got me, my friends. <laughs> That'll do. I'll do until the best get comes along. How you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. So, look, here's the thing, guys. I want to tell you regarding Gaz being here. I said, as usual, obviously, Sam was here last week. Good to have Sam. Sam's going to be coming back now and again. Um, big thanks to people like Rich Hobson, to Merle, to Dave Fensom, to all the people that have kind of stepped in uh, while Sam, um, you know, who is still very much part of this podcast whenever he chooses to be. Um, but, you know, we've, we've spoken about Sam a bunch of times before and uh, you will definitely hear his voice again, but obviously can't commit to stuff so much. Um, you know, Gaz has very, very kindly stepped in a whole bunch of times recently and we didn't really know each other that much. And, you know, particularly we met randomly at Slam Dunk in 2016. We did. We, we did. Didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Which was good. And, yeah. um, you know. Locked, locked eyes as fucking Goldfinger <laughs> were playing. <I> think. <laughs> yeah. Skanked up to each other. Yeah. In the, uh, across the, the, the beautiful good tarmac. Times. The tarmac of, yeah. um, what was it called? The fucking... Whatever the university Hat, there, Hatfield, Hatfield University. Yeah, yeah. just, just and, um, grim, grimy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, Gaz then asked me to be on his podcast. We've been getting on really well over, you know, and I was like, then going around listening to his podcast. He's a man who, you know, as you will probably know if you've been listening to the last few weeks, uh, gets a lot of my references. <laughs> I'm like Sam, being a man of a similar age. So we're all um, in our forties. We're all we're all in. A, whoever you are listening. You're in your forties as well. It's yeah. not maybe not now, but one day you will be. And um, so Gaz has very kindly agreed to be the new Sam, basically to step in on a permanent thing. And I'm absolutely fucking delighted, mate, because we have a we have a blast chatting music, whether it be on this podcast or just over WhatsApp or whatever it is. And um, you know, I, I ironically, the day that this podcast goes out, I'm actually interviewing you on your podcast that I sort of yeah. discovered you through as well which is we should give a little plug to as well yeah yeah, well, yeah and a piece of like outrageous synchronicity after you finish listening to this episode if you're listening to it on um on Friday morning the day it comes out head on over to the track one side one podcast wherever you get your um wherever you listen to your podcast and whatnot and uh yeah you can hear Steve interviewing me for episode 50 which was well, it was a fucking blast. It was just two old farts talking about the 90s and going, it, it was, was yeah. brilliant. Curb Dog were awesome. Look, it's nothing you haven't heard before. No. But I'm, about to, I'm going to review Kiss Kiss later on. So look, if the, if the, if the trick works, just yeah. keep doing it, right? That's what that's, that's that's straight. Why not? Uh, and the trick works. But yeah, mate, it's been, it's been cracking. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, obviously me kind of, I'm, I've been very, very lucky to, have met a lot of very cool people over the years doing podcasts 
a couple of not so cool ones as well but you know i re- referenced that a few times but we don't need to go into that but um you know so everyone who's been helping me out has been great tom dares i should have mentioned tom sorry yeah, tom. obviously tom will be back dave i'm sure will be back rich merle they'll all be coming back for bits and bobs here and there you know obviously gaz has, has got a job and i'm sure there'll be times where maybe he can't do something or whatever but in the mid but i like to have a regular homie that i can sort of bump fist with in an audio capacity and i think um you're the man man i'll take that mate it's a it's an honor it's a privilege um yeah can't wait to get started mate and uh yeah what a uh a varied selection of uh things we have to talk about this week absolutely we do before we do as ever we have um weirdly enough <laughs> like over on our Patreon page we're going full-blown post-rock pretty much for the next week aren't we yes. having me had me fucking slagged it off for so long <laughs> if you go over to Patreon I, I'm not I did see the proof that I do like that music patreon.com forward slash true cult pop if you sign up for any amount you can suggest anything and we will hopefully at some point get round to chatting about it coming up on Saturday a your cult pop on Suvlaki the second album by the Shoegaze Pioneers Slow Dive, who recently played at Glastonbury. I haven't had a chance to watch their set yet. I think I said last week, the only set I've watched in Glastonbury <laughs> were the Manic Street Breaches and the Lightning Seeds. <laughs> <At that, laughs> Keeping it on brand, album. mate. Keeping it on brand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Why, why would I watch Little Nas X? Uh, why would I? But I do, I, to keep meaning to do that, I've, I've not watched enough of the, the Glastonbury sets yet. But... Um, yeah, apparently uh, Slow Dive killed it at Glastonbury. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that yet. Or uh, I did. Uh, I did my classic um, thing that I do every Glastonbury year. Um, I sit, I sit near, you know, as near as I possibly can to a clean toilet and running water, mm-hmm. and and just have a shower because it's just there. I just leave the water running all day because you know what? Fuck it. You know, yep. first uh, I like to live in the first world, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, be an armchair um, just reviewer, but. To be fair, this year, I checked out a lot of stuff that I'd never listened to before. I watched, you know, obviously all the obvious stuff. Of course, I was going to watch the Manix. Of course, I was going to watch yeah. the fucking Lightning Seed. Of course, I was going to watch GNR. Um, but there was some stuff that I, I checked out that I'd never kind of heard before or bands that I've, I've liked but never kind of seen them in a live situation. And there was some fucking good stuff. Um, but the best one I saw of the weekends, uh, I know it's probably a little bit late to be doing Glastonbury review two weeks after it fucking happened, yeah. but um, the, um, um, fuck, the name's completely fucking gone from me now. Un- oh. Unknown, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. That's the Oh, one. yes. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. best yeah. set that I saw on the telly that weekend. Fucking outrageous. Oh, I'm such not familiar a, with them. Such a great band. Okay. Such a great band. Yeah. Um, New Zealand's kind of kind of in, influenced a little bit by kind of slow dive and all that kind of stuff that we're going to be talking about on the Patreon special. Mm-hmm. You can hear that sound kind of fl- like coursing through their Kiwi veins. Nice. Oh, um, yeah, mate. I'll check yeah. that out because... Yeah, yeah they're it, great. They're really fucking good bands. It's it's a big week for it. Like I say, Suvlaki by Slow Dive getting done on your cop pop. That'll be coming for you on Saturday. We haven't actually recorded that, so can't tell you what we say. But if you sign up for the £5 tier, obviously you get a... Um, a classic album and a beginner's guide to something every month on that five pound tier. Last time we did the beginner's guide to Paul Weller. Thank you for everyone who kind of went, Oh fuck me. Paul Weller's really good. Yeah. yeah, No shit. He is. Yeah. He actually is. Um, 
the classic album, which I haven't announced yet, next classic album, which we'll be getting on Wednesday, is going to be, and it probably feels like this is too early because I mention them all the time, but I feel like I haven't mentioned for a little while, Spirit of Eden by Talk Talk. It's time. It's time to do... I, th- this is why when I talk about like not listening to post-rock that much, it's because <laughs> yeah. why, why deviate from exactly. the, the perfection that is yep. Spirit of Eden? Well, the album that essentially invented post-rock mm. a lot of people's day. And yeah. when, when you've got an album that perfect, that encapsulates everything that is incredible and awesome about that genre of music, why would you want to listen to anything else, really? Yeah, because it you're always going to be. I don't know if you do this, but whenever I listen to any, if someone recommends me a post rock album, my first initial reaction is, is it going to be as good as Spirit of Eden? Well, the thing is, because I am relatively new to Talk Talk, even though they've become, I would say, in the last like four years, have probably become one of my top ten favorite bands ever. I'm obsessed. Yeah, like I actually kind of keep have to try and keep a lid on it because I'm fucking obsessed with talk talk i i just think they are they're pushing like well anyway, we'll get into this on the special but they're pushing like top five best ever artists in history for me i think at this point in my life i absolutely love them so i feel like i've sort of deliberately bitten my tongue every time i've gone to mention talk talk or anything that might come up recently and i think now fuck it the dam will burst on wednesday and yeah, yeah basically so there you go patreon.com forward slash true cult pop if you want to sign up for any of that it should be fun right song of the week now this is sort of song of the week and news as well and it's not good news i'm, I'm glad you picked this song gaz because yeah. it's what you know absolutely something that we would have spoken about um i'm just gonna hand over to you when we get into it what what have you gone for this week um, my my song of the week, like Slash Earworm. I mean, it's it's a band I've always kind of rinsed, but I haven't actually listened to them in a while until the really sad news, um, kind of came out, um, about uh, Rick's passing from um. So yeah, obviously he was in Drive Like Jehu. He was in Hot Snakes, and I've haven't really haven't really stopped listening to Suicide Invoice album uh second second album second album mm. by hot snakes and um the trip the track i've gone for is lax yeah it's, so this is this is rick so uh rick froberg of like you say form formerly of um of hot snakes of drive like jehu um i kind of a really sort of um in, an interesting character like before we even get into the music i think just a really fucking interesting character a you know a kind of an artist a sort of visual artist and creator and somebody who's been in you know did, did the album art for two rock two brilliant album like a piece of album artwork for rocket from the crypt um you know was the lead vocalist in let's like, say to a couple of um uh early 2000 sort of lost classics those first that kind of automatic midnight suicide invoice like proper kind of lost classics i think um i dipped out a little bit after that i have to be honest but i mean for me we'll probably get into it when we talk about a bit more like yank crime by drive like jahu is the one for me but but before we get into that really i mean 
the song itself, LAX, from um, 2002, from Suicide Invoice. I mean, the whole album is just... Who, who's this for? <laughs> Basically, like, you can explain, because it's your pick. I don't want to kind of t- trample all over it. But, you know, for people I, I who mean, don't for, know Hot Snakes. Yeah, I mean, the way I found out about Hot Snakes was, I guess, the same as a lot of people my age. It was through, through Speedo, aka John... Is it Rice or Reese? I never know how to say so. I thought it was Reese. Yeah, Reese, yeah. I was yeah, thought, John yeah. Reese from Rocky from the Crits. I was, again, like a lot of people my age, we all had a copy of Scream, Dracula Scream in our mm-hmm. record collection. Mm-hmm. We all adored the band Rocket from the Crits. And I, it was obviously, it would have been a Kerrang, either review or interview that he was in another band. This was again. I go on about it a lot. This was that kind of wonderful time when I was finding out stuff every week through the pages of Kerrang, through the pages of Melody, and I'd I'd heard. I'd, it, it must have been a review for, yeah, I guess um, suicide. It must have been a review. For and impossible to find in my local kind of record emporiums. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, again, it was another one that I, th- I think I paid just yeah stupid amount of money. I didn't get much change out of a twenty pound note when I bought it, you know, in uh, in a Tower Records or whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, I kind of became pretty obs- kind of obsessed with this. It, it kind of I don't know, but I mean, it, it it crosses quite a lot of kind of genres. I think you know it's, it's got a lot of the kind of there's a bit like the, the sonic youth kind of a mission of burma kind of experimental kind of stuff yeah. but it's got so much like it's got like you know mc5 garage rock fucking grunt in there i think and a bit of fugazi as well um but again like a just just hooked to so many hooks in their songs and i mean lax was always the one that kind of jumped out jumped out for me um and uh, a band that I spoke about uh, when I was on this podcast like a few weeks ago, when we were talking about like bands with under 500 monthly Spotify listeners. Um, my mate, band James, uh, who was in Grieving, they used to do an amazing cover of LAX. All right. Um, yeah, pretty much all their gigs. And I actually saw, I actually, saw, I got, I got to see Hot Snakes once in 2018 when they kind of reformed and they they did what turned out to be their final album. Uh, they played in a tiny little pub in Cambridge, oh, amazing. With, with grieving supporting, and I, did, I just remember speaking to James, going, "Are you going to be doing LAX?" He was like, "Fuck <laughs> no!" I was like, "Right answer, mate. <laughs> leave, leave, leave it to the professionals." <laughs> I mean, it's it's a banger, and I think when you, when you mention yeah. a band like um, Sonic Youth, I think it's very much that kind of dirty. Uh, like I, I don't know, kind of youth against fascism, cool thing like that. Those kind of short, sharp, yeah. noisy. Yeah angular kind of i mean yeah that that whole i guess for me they were sort of linked because of when i heard him to the garage rock thing but because i already knew that he was part of drive like jehu i also i think that like there are if you are like i i don't see the similarities between a band like i don't know fuck me like the datsuns and um sonic youth or fugazi like Hot Snakes, I think they kind of brilliantly straddle both of that. And, and I think, you know, John Reese, Speedo, <clears throat> one of the many cool things he did is 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 saying, 
is yeah, yeah, everything. But like one of the many is when Rocket from the Crypt, this fucking fantastically catchy, over the top, glammy, like pure rock and roll band signed to a major label in Interscope, and he's like, yeah, but only if you sign me and my mates' band. Drive Like Jehu, who are this noisy, clattering, careering, difficult, like, wild fucking thing. And, you know, Yank Crime Man is, like, don't get me wrong, Hot Snakes are a killer band, and this song is banging. Two minutes and two seconds. Yep. Fucking simple, yet... This is the thing about the kind of... The guitar and and, um, riffs of rick froberg is that they're really sick like i love guitarists who can make a riff which you go well anyone could have thought of that yeah but rhythmically it's yeah. fucking weird isn't it it's a weird yeah. little it's only yeah. what like four notes like yeah three or four notes three and a half notes yeah but yeah it's got yeah. so much fucking character and it's such a kind of weirdly rhythmical like it's great and it's two it's- minutes and two seconds it's such a fucking perfect like he always struck me as someone, and that, like a lot of these characters from this time, strike me as someone who, oh, I could write pop songs, yeah, but but I I refuse to. You yeah, can have like to. the idea of a pop song, but yeah. I will fuck with it a little bit. And yeah, you know, and and to be fair to Speedo, like with Rocky from the Crypt, he just went, nah, 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 we're not going to do that. We are going to write bangers. But then you listen to Drive Like Jehu, yeah. and a great album but yeah this this song is fucking great and it's like if you aren't familiar with hot snakes if you aren't familiar with jive like jehu absolutely dig in like Take them out, man. they they were like drive like jehu and and both hot snakes were kind of incredibly influential with a lot of uk bands as well mm. and the kind of the outpouring that i've seen through friends of mine that are in little diy punk bands who play this kind of sort of scratchy wiry kind of punk rock uh, your music. code name is milo sort of yeah yeah you're kind of yeah yeah, yeah. um but also bands like at uh, like um um my mate um like cal and sophie their band from norwich called other half mm-hmm. who essentially kind of formed over their mutual kind of love of hot snakes and you know and they were gutted but that's where i first heard it i think it was cal posted a picture of rick on his on his instagram and uh I was like, man, you know, I was straight like, you know, texting like other people and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah. It was so I, sad, man. But 55, man, is like, no I mean, fucking age. We, we, we don't have all the information, obviously, but at 55 no. and of natural causes. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that doesn't sound, I am obviously don't want to speculate, but that did make me go, oh, 55 and of natural causes. Like, mm that's not a great sentence to hear do you know what i mean so i don't know man but like lucky to have been around i I feel like when lucky to have been around where you you there are these people you go like this guy is so unique so cool yeah yeah and we kind of saw them in their prime yeah seeing them up close in a in a little kind of 120 150 capacity venue in cambridge about five six years ago was it was ridiculous mm. it was it you know loud sweaty in your face brilliant front man wiry fucking guitarist just the way he played it was very much kind of you know like you know because sort of like post-punk television the way that he played the guitar went round his instrument and yeah i, I think that was possibly the last time they came over to the uk and I'm just glad I took, I had that opportunity. 
to see them because you just yeah, don't man. know. No, you know? I, 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 I never saw them. I never saw Drive at Jehu either. Uh, no, I you never know, saw Jehu, no. Yeah, so... I saw you know, Rocky from the Crypt a bunch of times, but mm. yeah, that was my only sign with with the Snakes. I'm really, really glad. And I'm sure there's people out there, because they are a cult band. Yeah. Know, they're not, they, were, they weren't massive, fucking hell. No. Not at all. But, I mean, you mate, know, I, I, and there's probably plenty of people that are listening to this going, I've never heard of this. What's this like? Okay. Just, just go and listen to... Go listen to the Suicide Invoice album and mm. uh, and Yank Crime by yeah. uh, Traveller Jehu. Um, yeah, they're, they're both kind of pretty much perfect like, underground albums from that glorious period. It's the sort of thing, Hot Snakes, where you think this is what that big garage rock revival sort of promised me. Yeah. You know, not the vines. Sh- no, this is what it should have... <laughs> this is what should have yeah. got fucking you know, massive in a perfect world. Mm. But yeah, not fucking I want to get free. Mm. Or are you going to be my girl? I mean, I can see why those things did get big. Yeah, of course. But, you know. So much more fucking power and heart and like fucking energy. Balls, man. Just mean it. Mm. Great band. What a shame, man. Wonderful. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. to to Rick Froberg. Like, uh, uh, a fucking killer songwriter. Um, I have gone for a song which I know, I know you love, and I know because they're in the UK at the moment. Um, I randomly put on. I mean, it's a band that I've, I've mentioned, Walsh Rifles in Quicksand and various things a bunch of times, but um, Good Things by Rival Schools came on the other day, which was, oh. I believe, was the, the second single, but it was it definitely. Was. Yeah, it the was first, the second single, yeah. Yeah, the first song I heard from there, I think it's fair to say classic debut album, United by Fate from 2001. So yeah. um, this was the first song of theirs that I heard on record because I actually went to see Rival Schools. I think I've said this a bunch of times before. I saw the lineup of who was in the band, you know, yeah fucking Walter and Sammy Siegler and um, it's Ian Love, isn't it? From a yes. uh, bunch of bands as well. Yeah. And anyway, it was just like, oh, you know, this band, they're all New York hardcore. And I was like, great. And they were supported by Spy versus Spy and 100 Reasons. And they played the Dome, <laughs> oh, right? Played the Dome in London, which I'd never even heard of the Dome before. And I went along, didn't know anything about it. So I saw, you know, Rival Schools, um, before I think they maybe had that EP, the one line, uh, the oh, United by United one by one line drawing, yeah, yeah rival yeah. schools, United by one line drawing, yeah. um, split with Jonah Matranga, yeah, uh, which I didn't pick up on the night for for whatever reason, but I remember thinking they were really good. And then Good Things was on a Kerrang cover mount yeah. CD. I'm sure, that it was. was. Yeah, okay, it was. okay, okay. Before the album okay. came out, pretty sure. Wow. Okay. Hmm. And I remember hearing it and being like, oh, yeah, this is fucking great, you know. And then getting United by Fate. We might, I might get you to zip it about United by Fate, Gaz, because me and you had a little bit yeah. of a conversation about yeah. it before we started, yeah. when I told you what I'm, my song I'm was. I've tried so hard, not to just go, <laughs> ah! He went, he went, he went, he went mental, everyone. He went, yeah. he went fucking mental. Um, he lost his head a little bit in the best possible way. But, but just to this song, just this song alone, Good Things, there aren't many songs. No, actually, that's not true. There are loads of songs, but there aren't many songs in like what I guess what you classify as like emo, post-hardcore, whatever that make me feel kind of 
ecstatically, gloriously happy. But this has got the same feel to it, this song, as... Well, we're going to be talking about Wham! later. It makes me feel the same way as, like, the greatest hits of, of Wham! Or, you know, something like Master Blaster by Stevie Wonder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, like it or, or fucking, you know, Jamming by Bob Marley. It just, like, it. as soon as it comes on, it just radiates positivity. And the way the weather's been recently, how nice it's been sunny... I mean, I made a playlist. I'm, I'm trying to make a bunch of playlists on Spotify that go on for days that are just like, here, here is a type of music and here is every single good song ever in this particular type of music. So I was like, I made a playlist called "This All the Alt-Rock Bangers and I've considered this part of alternative rock and I've made, I, th I think it's like 200 songs and it's like, this is every single good alternative rock song ever made right which is an impossible task yeah i'll be the judge of that mate <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well i've got no honey crack in it at the moment so i know Rubbish. You, you won't be Will like it? yeah <laughs> that you, that place is instantly invalidated sorry yeah i know no sent at home well it's no. not the, it hasn't got every great old rock song on then, has no it? it's true um <laughs> But I was like, oh, I'll put a Rival School song on it. And I was like, which one should I put on? I thought, well, the obvious one would be used for Glue because that is, I suppose, is their big single. But then I put good things on and I was just like, this has just made me feel 50 times happier because I think like Walt was just a beautiful soul and I, I just, I love this song, man. I love it. It might feel like a bit of an obvious one. We try and kind of bring something every week where you go, oh, yeah, shit, I haven't thought about that. And I'm sure there are lots of you, what with them touring at the moment and, the, you know, the album getting a re-release on vinyl who yeah. probably listened to this song recently. But fuck me, man. I just couldn't ignore it. It's too good. It is. It, it's, I, I don't think it's the obvious. I mean, obviously, the, the obvious one is, is, you know, use for glue or... Um, well, yeah, just use for glue. That, but that was by glue, far yeah. the biggest song. But... I, I do think this song kind of gets forgotten about sometimes on the album. When it does come in, it again, it's got that kind of wiry, um, like weird, almost almost discordant kind of intro. You think, where's this going? And and you know, when the drum, you know, it's got a brilliant drum kind of pattern. He's such a fucking amazing drummer. Yeah. Um, and then when, it, when, then, when it all kind of, when the bass kicks in in about after about thirty seconds, and the whole song just, it just raises up, and, and just the whole kind of just that, that simple mantra, man. Good things are coming your way. Mm. That you know? repeated thing over again. Yeah. Good things are coming. Yeah. Good things are coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so great. It's yeah. But like by the time it gets a song, by the end of the song, it's almost like I don't know, like a hymn or something, mm. and it just it just fills you up. And you're just like, oh, just it's it, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably best, I'm best, you know, wind my neck in and stop now. Otherwise, I'm just like, ah, you know. So well, I, well, I, I, I picked up that that vinyl reissue mm -hmm. uh, because you know I was wanted an original copy, but I ain't paying fucking four hundred quid or something outrageous for it. So, but yeah, I, I did get, and it was, and I deliberately held off listening to that album. It's one of those albums I like. I don't know, Bleed American or Lateralis or something like. That. I try not to put it on that often. Because mm. I don't want to get bored of these albums because they're so fucking special, you know. All three of them come out in two thousand and one, which is just which is crazy. But yeah. you know, it's um, uh, yeah, I it, don't it's, think... it's, it's it's such a joyous song. It's, it's wonderful. What what was was the fucking genius? Yeah, I can't imagine you'd ever get bored of that. I can't imagine you would. 
Like, it's just too fucking good, man. Yeah. I saw actually Outbreak, somebody was selling the the box set that they released of it, and it was like, Ooh. it was a lot of money. I was like, well, I would like that, but I'm not going to spend that amount of money on it. Anyway, I'll give you, here's, here before we, you know, what, so you reckon Use for Glue is their biggest song? I've got it on Spotify. This is why Spotify is weird. Yeah. Use for, Use for Glue is not yeah. their biggest song on Spotify. What? That's bullshit. I'm sorry. I know, it's mad. It's their second biggest song. Their biggest song with 2,840,338 yeah. listens is Ring It Out from Pedals. What? Yeah. I'm not even... I can't remember that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's pretty good. I don't know why that's the one. It's weird. It's What's really number two? Weird. Number two is Used for Glue, which, okay, is, there you go. which right. is about, you know, kind of... About three hundred thousand. Why that pedal behind. song? Is that has that been? It must have been because it's been used in fucking CSI or some t- big TV show. It must be. Well, it's the opening song on pedals, isn't it? So I don't know. <sighs> it's weird. But anyway, Spotify's weird. Shocking. Spotify is weird. So you know, you would imagine. So that's weird, right? So used for glue, about two and a half million, and then there's a gap to number three, which I assumed would be good things. No. It's not. It's travel by telephone. Yeah, because that's the opening track the opening on United by Fate. Yeah. But then the, f- the their fourth biggest song is Undercovers On, obviously from United Fate, which is a great song. Then it's Everything Has Its Point. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, well, you got it. They're all from. This is getting boring now. Great yeah. song. Great <laughs> yeah. song. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> um, and then it's Good Things. So Good Things is actually their sixth biggest song on Spotify. I do think it's it's a bit of a lost nugget that song. Yeah, I, I remember I, I remember the video. It's got a great video. I remember that being on MTV Two a lot. Um, but I do think it's a bit of a hidden nugget that song. Yeah. And I, I I was kind of surprised. I th- I thought that was going to be a big tune because obviously Use of Glue was big, and it, I mean it's it's still a rock club classic now. I generally thought that they followed it up with, with Good Things. I'm pretty sure Good Things came out. Obviously, it did come out as a single. I remember mm. seeing it at the show. Number 74 it got to in the UK. Yeah, show. I know. Mad. I remember, I've, well, I vague recollections, like, you know, it getting a bit of Radio 1 Airplay, like Mark and Lard and stuff at the time. But I, I, I generally thought it was going to be massive. Because you think, you know, 2001, Radio 1 was still playing fucking loads of rock music during the day. Yeah, they obviously, were. Obviously, it's prime new metal and garage rock. And they'll be Jimmy World and all this. Because Jimmy World would get a lot of traction at the time. I generally thought... Yeah, good things is going to be huge, man. And then, yeah, just kind of their the day in the sun in this country was fleeting. But I think everyone that bought United by Fate was just they they clung on to that album and it, and it never left them. Well, it it's yeah. got future classic album. It may not be the biggest, yeah. but it's got future classic album written all over it. I think because it Definitely. is one I, of those I, ones where people would be like. Yeah. Fuck me, I love that album. Yeah. And there is quite a lot, you know, there's a hell of yeah, a lot to is. talk about there as is. well. There is. Yeah, um, definitely. So I think we could justify that. Anyway, yeah, Good Things is mad. I mean, mad good. And then, I'm surprisingly, Use of Glue, I mean, this is a spoiler for if we do do this album, but Use of Glue only got to number 42 in this UK Mental. chart as well. Yeah. I thought that was, definitely thought that was a bit of a hit, but it doesn't, no, maybe not. I mean, a, I mean it was a video here. It was on MTV2 and Kerrang TV, like every Yeah, I remember, five but, seconds. Know, I do remember that being on the radio a lot. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Madness. Anyway, um, there you go. Rival schools, good things. If you haven't listened to that album in a while, do yourself a favour. It's a fucking time to do it. It's the right time of year. Uh, I went to two, went to two gigs in the last week. 
Um, which one would you like to hear about first, Gaz? Pulp or Kiss and Skin Dread? Kiss, please. <laughs> okay. Do, uh, what, what, um, what member of Kiss are you going to do an impression of first? I think you should uh, do the whole review in, in your Paul Stanley impression. I don't know that my voice could handle that. I mean, I don't quite know how Paul Stanley manages to, <laughs> to do that. Well, he doesn't because like, he, he does, fucking does, mimes. He yeah, he, like to be to be <laughs> fair, he didn't sound great. But then there was they played something from Sonic Boom. So hold on, let me talk about Skin Dread first, right? Yeah. So Skin Dread, obviously, look, I don't need to go through the Skin Dread show with you. Ultimately, yeah, you have nice. yeah, you have two bands here who have tried and tested and well trodden kind of live tropes that they hang their hat on and the thing is is that it's easy to go like oh god oh what a surprise or they did that oh boring or whatever when you're there watching it i maintain this skin dread skin dread at a festival is is prime skin dread skin dread at a headline show is probably the other best time to see skin dread skin dread is a support slot will kill a support slot but noticeably a kiss crowd i did i did think you know it was weird because People like you, me and you, right? When you're kind of so deeply embedded in music and talking about rock music and knowing about that and stuff, like you, you just assume everybody's heard of Skindred, right? Well, yeah. You would assume that. But when Benji went, who's never heard of Skindred before? Half the fucking crowd put their hand up and I was like, really? Wow. That's mad. Like there was a guy next to me, probably like a few years younger than me, but in his kind of mid to late thirties. And he was like, no. And I was like, you know, wearing a Kiss shirt, I was like, surely you... So, like, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge sometimes that, you know, we exist in a bit of a bubble, us, like, people who kind of obsess over music in the way well, that, that you I listening probably do as well. I think it's partly that. I also think it's partly because people that go and see a Kiss show, all they listen to is Planet Rock. And, yeah, maybe. You know, I don't think you get skin dread on Planet Rock, you know. I think I think there was probably a lot of people there that it were pissed off that it wasn't I don't know fucking Blackberry smokes or something. Do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Well, I mean to to be you know skin dread on pure sheer force of personality with yeah. Benji just like you know they were fuck they were fucking great. They did the skin dread show. It was great, right? And by the end, you know. When he was going, we're going to do the Newport helicopter. He also hey. Benji Benji did the, did the get down, get down, like you know the kind of the jump the fuck up. And I was like, these people's knees are not. Going yeah, to yeah, yeah. Mate. Like, they ain't getting back up again. No, it's like, show it's, ever it's like it's it's like you know you, you're getting maybe fifty percent of your, your headline shows yeah. these days when you're getting people my age going like I ain't jump, I ain't getting down and jumping mm. the fuck up for anyone anymore, right? But a kiss audience. Nah, I mean, there was a guy walking down the steps in front of me when I was going to my seat who looked like the fucking crypt keeper from, um, <laughs> what, was that, what was that show back in the day? The Tales from the Crypt. That, oh, t- like, yeah, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he, that's Dead the man guy. walking. Yeah, that's the guy. I mean, barely walking, dead man yeah. sort of shuffling. And I was like, <laughs> if he falls down the steps, it's going to be like death becomes her. He's going to like yeah. shatter into a million pieces, right? I was like, motherfuckers are old. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. uh, when when you're coming out of a gig and you're like, I'm feeling rather young and sprightly now. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, do you have a nice spring in your step when you yeah. walk out going, oh, I'm all right, I did, yeah. 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 I was like, I just come on, stop going to Dave concerts. Like, I'm yeah, Dave yeah. at the same venue. And I was like, I feel like a weirdo coming out of here. But um, but look, yeah, so look, Skindred did the thing Skindred do. They were fucking great. I have to say, I'm, I, I think, 
that there was a period in time where they had the perfect live set list and they have added stuff like you know that's my jam from big things it's not my favorite song i think it sounds all right live you know um one of the new ones from the new album i've heard the new album at this point um and spoiler i actually really like it it's very it's quite different for skin dread but i actually i actually really like it i think it's you know it's more interesting that they've they've gone down a sort of slightly different direction um but i think some of those songs are not as like rowdy as you're you're used to skinjo there was a point maybe like 10 10 12 years ago where that skinjo set list was just pure fucking rowdy bangers all the way through and they've taken a little bit of a step back i don't think it really has affected them too much you still walk away being like you know fucking nobody and um roots rock riot and all that stuff. like just fucking you know and and kill the power and stuff like massive tunes benji's still hilarious and brilliant um they were they were really good they were you know they were skin dread and kiss were kiss you know kiss were kiss like it's the last time they've ever played london i believe that when i fucking see it yeah right i mean we'll see we'll see if it is but they'll be headlining donington again in about three years yeah you would have thought so they'll be the, the fucking comeback tour but i was like I was, I mean, it's weird actually, because I kind of feel like I've seen Kiss loads because I've seen so many videos of it. I've heard, you know, seen so much live footage of it. I've heard the kind of the Alive albums and all that over the years. I'm so familiar with, with all the songs. But it's actually only last year that I actually stood in a field at Donington and actually watched them. And it felt incredibly familiar, even from yeah. the first time of me actually seeing them. So seeing them again, I was like, I feel like I know exactly what's coming. And, and that's because I did. I mean, set list wise, Detroit Rock City. I mean, I do wonder, like, they must have been starting with Detroit Rock City for 50 years now. Yeah, must be. Yeah. <laughs> even, <laughs> during the eight, even during the 80s period. Yeah, they were, I think they were, they were still open. They were, it's either that or Creatures of the Night. I think that's what they were like, <laughs> the openers. Yeah, mad. So, like, Detroit Rock City, shout out loud, Deuce. That is it. I mean, that's that, all right, isn't it? That's, that's a hell right. of a way. Like, you know, say yeah. what you like about Kit. That's a great way to start a set. War yeah. Machine, Heavens on Fire. Oh, oh yeah. I actually think great. Heavens on Fire is fucking... Heavens on Fire is banger. Yeah, really I good. Do, I, I, in, in a lot of ways, I, I prefer 80s Kiss to 70s Kiss. Do you? Mm. Do you? Mm. That, I imagine, that will either be a controversial opinion or an opinion that people go... I don't care either way. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, true. Yeah, but I, I, I just obviously you know the the first stuff I heard. Well, crazy uh, night. The, the first stuff I oh, is it right? Just dropped. You a, haven't destroyed it. You haven't dropped. You haven't destroyed another laptop there. No, you? no. I just dropped oh. a. Uh, you know when you have a, a glass and you pick it up and the 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 coaster. Oh, the coaster. Yeah, it's just a coaster. Ah, oh, that's it's right. fine. It's just a coaster. Yeah, anyway, carry on. But I, I, I don't know if it's because maybe the first, but the first Kiss song I would have heard would have been Crazy Crazy Nights, which you know I can, that's box A, never hear it again. Thank you very much. Yeah. But I guess it's because you know they did a, they did a, you know even during the eighties, man, they were releasing an album every year. There's a lot of albums there, which you know are kind of well worth digging into, especially like that kind of like eighty three, eighty four, eighty five period, like Animal Eyes and, and Asylum. And lick it up, you know. Heaven's on fire, though, mate. Is, is heaven's on fire? Lick it up and stuff like that. It's such because the tears well, are falling. 
Yeah, really. I mean, they played, so they go through it more like, I love yeah. it loud, um, oh, say yeah. yeah, which was when, uh, definitely, definitely Paul Stanley was miming during say yeah. Definitely. Because oh, really? he did a bit, I think at the start of I love it loud, he went, hey, London, oh, this is going to be the last time we ever play for you again. We think you guys are the best. And then suddenly he sounded fucking, uh, I just need you guys to say, hey, say yeah. And uh, and then suddenly he sounded like amazing and he was doing yeah. his own backing vocals as well. And I was like, yeah, I don't think you're singing that, yeah. mate. But yeah, say so yeah, Cold Gin, a, a guitar solo, which there was the start of Tommy Thayer's guitar solo. At the start of it, I was like, oh, that's cool. It's not too long. And the rest of the band was sort of, you know, give me a bit of an accoutrement. And then they all went off. And he was there for about 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, please. No. no. So to get through that, to get to Lick It Up, which was my favourite part of the oh. night. Lick It Up. And they went into um, a bit of Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who. Oh. And then that's the da 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 yeah bit. And then, yeah, Lick It Up. Lick It It was really good. It was really good. Making Love and Calling Dr. Love back to back was... It's a lot my, of loving. Yeah, and it made my balls sort of retract back into my, like, throat, pretty much. Um, a bit of Psycho Circus, drum solo, 100,000 years. Gene Simmons bass solo, which, you know, it's not a great bass solo, but, like, yeah. it's the the blood and all that yeah, stuff. The blood, like, it, yeah, the blood. It looks cool, right? And then God of Thunder's amazing. Love Gun. Hey, London, do you mind if I come out there and sing to you? But you gotta call my name. <laughs> he gets on the oh. Love gun, black diamond, an encore of Beth. I mean, to be honest, right? Beth, I was made for loving you as an as an encore. I know they're big songs. You do not need. I don't ever need to hear either of those songs. No. Rock and roll all no. night. Yes. No. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Fine. Okay. Fine. Every you know, time. It was a kiss show. It was a kiss yeah. show. It wasn't yeah. particularly full. I mean, I noticed they about two thirds of the top tier of the O2 was cordoned right. off. There right. were probably about, ooh, I would say there's about a thousand people in that top tier. Yeah. It wasn't all wow. sold in the sort of no. second tier. Standing was packed though. Standing was packed. Oh, okay. That's something. I mean, I'd, I'd heard these rumours that they were doing these massively discounted tickets on the day. Yeah, I think like they were. insanely discounted tickets because, mm. yeah, it wasn't sold It that was. Well. It didn't sell great. I think it probably sold better than Motley Crue at Wembley <laughs> Stadium, though, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, which we should quickly touch on that. I mean, yeah. look, arrogant. Uh, like, If there's any egomaniacal, ego arrogant 80s rock stars out there, yeah. like, I'm sorry, but here in the UK... We just don't really care about you that much. Not enough of us give a fuck. I don't no. think, like, for you to do stadiums. I know in America, yeah, you do stadiums in America, but the pictures coming out. I mean, look, the Kiss show was not embarrassing. I would say no. the Kiss show was similar. So I saw Duran Duran at the O2 twice this year. First night was completely packed, sold out, just yeah. fully sold out. Second night, you know, the, the, the top level was not sold at all, yeah. right? Uh, but and I think that's probably yeah. a reflection yeah. on how big Duran Duran are. Twenty thousand people, yeah. and then maybe another like ten, twelve thousand people, mm. right? And that's but that's over two nights. 
Motley Crue and Def Leppard, like, you know, again, recently spoken about Def Leppard on, on the Hysteria special that, you know, you picked it as a classic album. It's a great fucking record, but like, yep. they've been here many, many times. They've never played a stadium before. I couldn't believe that they were the support to Motley Crue. Motley Crue were headlining. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was it billed as a, it was billed as a co-headliner, co-headliner. I think. I assume but, Def Leppard were going to but, go but, but, but you know, in this country... Even back in the day, Leopard was well, so much bigger than Crew. I mean, you yeah. Know? I mean, I think there was a gig in. I think it must have been 2012, 2011, late 2011, actually. Yeah. That I remember when I because I was first doing the old Metal Hammer podcast, and Gil, who I did it with, said yeah. to me, "I've got a, I've got a, a, a spare ticket for Def Leopard supported by Motley Crue and Steel Panther," and I went, "I'm all right, thanks." And that was at Wembley, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Wembley yeah, Arena, that right? Yeah, I remember that tour. Now, I want to know what Motley Crue think they've done in the last 11 years or the 12 years that has made them, A, become bigger than Def Leppard, yeah. and B, get, think that they would fill a stadium, Wembley Stadium. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's delusions of grandeur or the but fact I, that... I think the, it the, is the, absolutely that, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that I don't know, they probably thought the Netflix movie made them bigger than they actually are. But they were never the biggest band in this country. No, they were doing the fucking Astoria in, in, in the yep. 90s, but they were doing the Astoria yeah, in the but, 90s. Yeah, but, you know, it's... But the, the, the thing is, <laughs> it's... The, the pictures that have obviously gone viral are fucking... It's, it's laughable. Mm. It's like... I don't know. I. It, it almost probably... It's probably just as embarrassing for you know for for you know Def Leppard and stuff like that, especially when you know GNR not only headlined Glastonbury but also did Hyde Park. Hyde Park, yeah. You know, and I think that was I, you know that was I don't think it was mentally busy, but it was busy. I know people that went, so it was pretty busy. But also, it's I think they bit off way more than they can chill by by announcing a gig at Wembley Stadium. I was like. Even when it, because it got announced, fuck it, it was last summer that this got announced. Yeah, you know, and it was meant to be it, Joan Jett, and I think in the US it was Joan Jett and Poison as well. And over yeah, here it was Joan it was, Jett and Poison, and here it, it was uh, it was um Eddie Van Halen's uh, yeah, uh, Ma- uh, Mammoth, Mammoth um, WVH, but, yeah, um, which is cool. I don't mind seeing him. You know, that would be kind of cool. His, his album was all right. Not as big little... as... Not as no, like, oh, God, no. I mean, my, draw, my initial reaction, yeah. when I first saw the, the the US tour, I was like, do you know what? Because I was always a Poison fan back in the day. I'd always have a soft spot for Unskinny Bop and all that kind of shit. <laughs> and I was like... I remember saying to a good friend of mine who who loves... Um, a lot of, adores his hair, his hair metal even more than me. Um, and I was like... If they if, if Poison come over and do the UK leg and they add, I don't know, fucking Cinderella or something, we're going. And we're leaving before Motley Crue. Can't believe you've you have you have you have got you've got sacked as a permanent co host forty minutes in. I'm I'm like, sorry mate, <laughs> it's luck. not working out. Good night, buddy. Good <laughs> I guess we, we knew Oh, it makes a change there, doesn't it? Makes a change to have yeah. someone being nice about Cinderella. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. No, mate. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's just it's it's fucking it's just fucking embarrassing, and it adds more fuel to the fire for people that go, yeah, rock's fucking dead. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, because, like, because I was sorry. No, I was going to say, I was looking on, what's weird is, again, the kind of the weird little bubbles that people live in. I'll talk about Pulp in a second. And when Pulp got yeah. announced for Finsbury Park, I was like, yeah. oh, cool, Pulp at Finsbury Park, right? And I got a download for him. And most people download for him are, lo- are, are lovely people. But yeah. some of like, oh, oh, Pulp, no one knows more than two Pulp songs. And oh, yet, sorry. and yet didn't. And, and we're just like, oh yeah, cool, Motley Crue at, Wem- at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. And it's like, are you fucking... Yeah, and like, I can't believe Blur are playing Wembley Stadium, but weren't surprised right. that Motley Crue were playing exactly. Wembley Stadium. And it's like, exactly. Blur, Blur on the radio... Blur sold out two fucking nights. <laughs> Blur on the radio. Blur sold that stadium out in 10 minutes. Yeah. All of their... like, If you turn on Absolute Radio 90s, or fucking, they were in the radio, they were on telly all the fucking time. Yep. And Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses is a completely different thing. Like, Guns, people remember, and Guns N' Roses could do stadiums back in the day. And people yeah, go, oh, totally. well, they, they couldn't have done, you know, like, they, they, these these bands, they couldn't have done stadiums back in the day. Nobody did stadiums back in the day. No, no. Guns N' Roses, and yeah. maybe bon jo- Oasis Bon, bon Jovi, Jovi, you too, right? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know when? Do you know when REM? You think how big fucking REM were, right? Yeah. REM didn't do a stadium in this country until two thousand eight, right? True. Well, they. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I was going to say Milton Keynes Bowl, but that's not a stadium. But yeah. Yeah. Look. Look. I mean, you Milton ninety five. But yeah. Your Milton Keynes Bowls and your festival head. You know, your Glastonbury headlines and stuff. Like, fine. But in terms of actual stadium shows, they are the reserve or were the reserve for. Michael Jackson, yep. the Rolling yep. Stones. Mega stars. Mega stars, right? Yep. The, the very, 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 very rarely did you see a band play Wembley Stadium. You'd have to be fucking massive. And these days, yep. just everybody seems to play bigger venues. I mean, I don't think you'd... Like, Porcupine Tree at Wembley, and nobody blinked a fucking eyelid. Yeah. I mean, look, I love yeah. Porcupine Tree. Yeah, same. Right, they're a great band, but they never played Wembley back in the day. No, like it's. I don't. Yeah, Opeth at Wembley. Like, yeah, I mean, sort of. But still, yeah, yeah. It's like you know. I think uh, I. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just it's just made kind of classic rock and all these all that kind of stuff that oeuvre a bit of a fucking laughing stock. And right, you know, rightfully so with fucking Motley Crue because fuck them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I do feel for Def Leppard a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I do massively, especially because like they're the fucking bigger band over here. They always were, they always will be. Uh, and I think uh, by all accounts, uh, it looked like more people did did watch Def Leppard and then they yeah. they left before Motley yeah. Crue. It's not even the yeah. original Motley Crue. Like you've not even no. got the the kind of lineup that people. You know, we, John we, Five on guitar rather than yeah. Mars. It's like I just you know the yeah. absolute arrogance of it is yep. just staggering exactly. to me. It's staggering, and yet um yeah, like I see a few people going, oh Pulp, it'll just be people knowing two songs. Let me tell you, I was at yeah. Pulp at Finsbury Park. And every single person yeah. sang the words to every <laughs> single song. That band, for a couple of years, were fucking it's... massive. I mean, that's the good news about Pulp, right? Is that the set, which I'm going to go through now. I spy Disco 2000 dropping one of only two songs that anyone knows in second. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, blowing their wad too early there. <laughs> yeah. Misshapes, Something Changed, Pink Glove. Weeds, Weeds 2. And this is where I went fucking, I went fucking mad at this, right? Feeling Called Love, Sorted Freeze and Wiz, This Is Hardcore. Do you remember the first time? Babies. Back to fucking 
back, right? Jesus oh my Christ. good God. I was like, this is this is mental. This is mental that those five songs would be like bush, 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 straight away. Um, Baby, Sunrise, Like a Friend, Underwear, Common People. And I thought, oh, that's it, Common People, great. And I was like, well, they've still got about 15 minutes left. Came back on and did Razzmatazz. That's a hell of a set list. Yeah. That is pure no Britpop. No help the aged, but no help the aged. I did I did wonder if they would play help the aged, but you know, like um, you know, they're obviously not. I mean, for me, only one song off this is hardcore is scandalous, but I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna be too pissed about it, right? So look, that is a great that's a great set list, and they looked brilliant. Jarvis has still got it. Jarvis still sounds great. He still fucking moves around yeah. like the the man that he is. Um they had a full string section with them. Wow. Which was awesome. And when the string section weren't doing anything, like for Sorted, they, they'd be doing other things. So when they played Sorted Freeze and Whiz and the string section weren't needed, they all put on like bucket hats and started wa- waving glow sticks. It's fucking great. And you just think like... <laughs> Brilliant. What, like, what a cool little idiosyncratic band pulp are to become like this sort of massive sort of cultural zeitgeisty behemoth like you know kind of yeah. the, the definitive Britpop song the def, you know this kind of yeah. iconic Britpop band from this this period into kind of so definitive of that period and to get so massive you know they get number one albums headline Glastonbury like fucking string of hit singles from this huge fucking record bin it all off and then come back and still like even years later when they come back for this kind of I guess it's really some sort of, it, it, you know, obviously it is a kind of nostalgia retread to come back and to, to have like those little quirks have not been ironed out at all. Like they're still just a like brilliantly fun, quirky band. That's a really easy thing to do, but not many bands would have even thought to have done it. They'd be like, yeah, get the string section off. No, 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 no. The string section are going to rave along to Sorted Freeze and Wiz. Fucking brilliant. Um, and the atmosphere in the place was like, was joyous. Like I said, everybody was singing along to every single word. Pulp were great, right? And that, unfortunately, is the only positives I can really say about the show. Tell us about the beer cues, Steve. Because Finsbury Park is terrible. It is terrible. Like, I don't want to just make it about the venue, but when I saw Depeche Mode at Twickenham a couple of weeks ago, it was every bit as fucking magical as I needed it to be. And fair play, because these gigs can be like soulless sometimes. You can go to arenas, you go to big gigs, and they can feel soulless. All those venues have got to do is just let you in, give you a decent sound, and let the band do their thing, right? And just don't like massively fucking inconvenience you throughout the entirety of your stay there. Some places get that right. Some places get that badly wrong. I think Finsbury Park, I've never known a venue get it so fucking badly wrong. It was a, it was, it was a fucking shit show. I, I nearly said disaster. I think Pulp saved it. Pulp being great saved it from being a disaster. I don't think the sound was very good. I got, I got quite close to the front. I wanted to get as close to the front as possible. But I couldn't get really super close to the front uh, for reasons which I will outline soon. Um, and I think the sound and the windiness like kind of carried it away a bit. But even though it wasn't very loud, and actually when I moved back past the, the back sound desk towards the end of the set, the sound did sound, you know, the sound was better and it was louder. But I still think the mix was shit. The guitars were really quite 
I mean, I know, you know, Pulp aren't the most fucking riffy band. I know they're not going to come out and start playing like carcass riffs or anything, but the tonality of the guitar was was weak. Um, and like Jarvis's voice was kind of floating around in the air sometimes, which I think was, you know, a bit of a shame. I don't think it was a particularly good mix. I think the string section should have brought so much more sweeping grandeur to a song like This Is Hardcore um or feeling called love and although you could hear them and it was great to have a live string section doing those bits it wasn't as kind of like wow as it as it could have been and that isn't just to do with how loud it was it wasn't loud enough but it's also to do with the kind of quality of the mix as well there's one entrance i mean we got there just as wet leg were um were playing Shay's lounge right yeah. and i stood there and i looked at the queue for the bar and i could not see the back of it could not i could not work out where you were meant to join the queue okay they just it was it was like a snake eating its own tail like there was no end to it right it looked like it kind of double backed on itself about 15 fucking times so squeeze through i was like well that's ridiculous but that's obviously that's the first bar when you come in surely if you go over to the, there'll be more went over to the one at the back similar looking thing i was like this, i just can't tell where this even starts where this ends where this like what's going on here this is basically the crowd this queue is the crowd and i was like well, there must be more bars and so we went right over to the other side of finsbury park and there was one more bar three bars for fifty thousand people and the queue the queue for that bar which is right up in the corner at the back at finsbury park went down to the stage people it was people stood basically by the edge of the fucking front of the venue and <clears throat> And I was like, well, kind of wet leg are on and they're on their last song, uh, which is fine. And I was like, well, there's there's absolutely no point joining this queue. No point. Pulp are on in 40 minutes. What's the point? And a guy came by and he was holding four beers. And he nearly tripped over and went, oh, my God, fucking hell. I don't want to trip over after four hours of that. And the guy next to him went, sorry, sorry how long did you say you were four queuing? Four hours. So he said, well, he went, I started queuing. So it was, it was... um. Baxter Jury was on before Wetleg. Oh, I love Baxter. Yeah, so I missed I missed Baxter Jury. So um, just before he said he started queuing just before Baxter Jury came on. Baxter <laughs> Jury played his whole set, went off. They got ready for Wetleg. Wetleg came on, played their whole set, went off. Had been off stage about 10, 12, 15 minutes, and that's when he got served. Oh, imagine God, that, that is ridiculous imagine that that's fucking ridiculous i can't believe that it was i've never seen such mental mental what, why why do you think that is is it just fucking pure greed by the promoters they don't give a fuck they just <laughs> want to herd these people in and I've no idea mate i've literally got no idea i mean i've got but no idea I cannot for the life of me even begin to understand how you can't fathom that you'll need more than three bars for 50,000 people. And the problem is people were seeing this queue and they were going, oh, give me 12 pints. People walking out with like boxes of pints. It's like, well, yeah, because well, you're not going to go, you're not going to go just one, please. And then sip, sip, sip. Oh, and then fucking queue again. You're not going to do that if you've been in that queue for that long. So that, in turn, adds to the the, the length of the queue. It was cool. it was ridiculous, completely ridiculous. And then on the way out, 
so my girlfriend lives in Finsbury Park. She lives like a 10-minute walk from the entrance we came in in, right? They made us walk to the back of, like, where, where we were, there was no, yeah. there was one exit. And they they closed the exit, which was the entrance, which would have been like, out you go into the street, go down that road, home, right? No. Yeah. No, no, walk all the way through Finsbury Park, up to fucking Manor House, then double back <sighs> on yourself, and we've closed, closed all the roads. So we were going like, she lives in that house so we can see the fucking uh, top of her roof and they're going no no you have to walk down there mate so like, oh are you kidding me like it was uh, mate it, it was me. it was a fucking shit show and it turned what should have been a really amazing comeback yeah. for pulp into something which left a bit of a nasty taste in the mouth also i have to say the whole thing about like oh metal fans are the best fans going and da, 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 da. i'm not sure that's true i'll tell you what is true Indie fans are the fucking worst. I mean, Pulp yep. are like, yep. a, a, a f, you know, an effect, fay, you know, they're, they're not the most masculine band. I mean, I've heard stories about when Stone Roses played that venue and it was like, like, like I mean, I think someone quoted me and said it was like Vietnam. Like, it was supposed <laughs> to be fucking horrible, right? Yeah. But there were people like fighting and there were some people behind us just talking. Like, Jarvis was doing a poem at one point, right? And the people behind us were talking about like, you know, where they were going to go for brunch the next day. And I was like, man, these fucking one day London festival type things, they yeah. do really attract some people who are not fussed. And it was just, I don't know, man, it was a shame. It was a real shame because Pulp did nothing wrong. Pulp yeah. did nothing wrong. Set list is great. They look great. They played great. They thought about it. You know, like everything about it felt really fucking special. Yeah. Other than it didn't really sound great and you're in a bad mood because you're like, well, I can't even get a fucking glass of water, you know? Yeah. Bummer. Fucking bummer. It really is. Yeah. Should have been such a celebratory day. Yeah. But hey, you know, you got Blur this weekend, so... I got Blur this weekend. Potato, potato, potato. I, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> Blur fans will be much nicer my girlfriend is like, i'm sure blur fans will be nicer than pulp fans i was like nah indie fans are not, not sure about that not sure about it's, that one. uh yeah yeah indie fans with uh you know a car key hanging out their nose and a bucket hat yeah and uh yeah i mean fucking hell download camper chair brigade come back all is forgiven yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Never anyway, thought I'd hear that. Apart from that bloke who booed <laughs> Deftones in an Iron Maiden shirt, that guy can fuck off, mate. You, you, <laughs> you can go to the fucking Stone Roses show, mate. Um, or the Cortinas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I said, you fucking feel right at home. Cortinas at Royal Albert Hall a few years ago. My God. I mean, God. that was like a fucking oh. prison riot. It was like yeah. a borstal. Oh, can only imagine. Oh. Yeah, that's bad. Anyway, um, Let's do some reviews. Let's talk about something a bit more interesting than that. Let's start. This week's show is brought to you by the letter W, starting with Will Haven <laughs> 7, the seventh, hence the name, studio album from the Sacramento Noise Corps Legends, the follow-up to their very good Murta album. I think I would have said excellent at the time, but having listened to this one, I'm going to downgrade Murta to just very, very good. Um, for me, ultimately, I have spoken about Will Haven a lot of, times over the years ultimately will haven are a band who as long as they have grady avenel on vocals their albums are good their music yeah. is good right they have one album um that i would say i don't think is worth listening to 
at all and that would be uh the hero point which is the one where i believe the guy's name is jeff jaworski um who's obviously got a song named after him on uh, whvm uh whvn yeah. uh takes over from grady on vocals now it's not an awful record but it lacks the thing that will haven had in their first three album and one ep run of kind of 96 through to 2001 el diablo whvm carpe diem the self-titled debut ep the best brutal fucking music you could ever wish to hear in my personal opinion gaz you ever Hello. ever a will haven fan uh I, I was i mean the the only album i ever bought was was carpe dm simply because of um which was what was the song that chino marino was in the video that was the title track of Carpe Diem. It was, it was Carpe Diem. Yeah. Yeah. Carpe Diem. Yeah, yeah. And it it was it was great. I, was, I remember sort of reading about Milan Kerrang at the time, and th- that video was on TV a lot. But it was you know it was fucking great because I was a big Deftones fan at the time. Mm. Um, and I've I've never sort of kind of dipped massively into the stuff over the past decade, but this, I mean. I don't think it's an unfair thing to say that, like, in an alternate universe, like, Will Haven would be massive. Yeah, it's a, it, I would, think, well, it would be a funny okay, old not, not world. Massive, but, but, like, they're, they are still a cult band. Definitely. 20-odd years into their career. Yeah. I think they should be kind of held in such reverence as bands like Converge and stuff like that. Oh, I yeah, I agree with that, yeah. That. Mm. I do genuinely think that. Um they're kind of yeah. They are they are a cult band. They're a band's bands. I think, but you know, anyone that plays in like a heavier kind of band will go I fucking love Will Haven. They will all say it. I guarantee it. Um, and the way this the way this album kind of flies out the gate with that kind of like intro at the start that's all kind of sludgy and horrible, and then it goes to like the blast beats at the end of the track. Then it just goes dead. And um, yes. Yeah, it's, it is classic Woolhaven, but I think there's enough kind of nuance and to keep the old school fans kind of not necessarily happy, but like they, I think they progress the sound a little bit. I think they have. I think uh, they, you know. For me, there's definitely light and shade on this. For me, this is. I'm going to say it now. I think this is comfortably the best thing they've done since Carpe Diem, and I have liked. I really liked Voidoir that came out in 2011. I really loved Murder as well when it came out. I also really liked, um, oh, what is the name of the fucking EP? Open Minds of Discontent, or Open the, Open the Mind to Discontent, which came out in 2015. Look, as long as, like I say, as long as Grady is on a Will Haven album, I am, yeah. I am interested. Ultimately, when I listen to them, I tend to go back to El Diablo, WHVN, yeah. and the EP. I, I actually think Carpe Diem, from that, pretty perfect run of four at the start of their career i think carpe diem is probably my least favorite to be honest but i still think it's fucking i still think it's fucking great and the thing about will haven is is that every every song every song ever was always basically a kind of a riff or a variant on 
And then Grady goes, Wah! With it, I the worth that they go! Where do the wah! And that would be it. That would be a fucking every yeah. single song. And I would just go like, do you know what? Most bands doing the same thing over and over and over again, especially when, you know, you compare them to Converge, I think a comparison with like Neurosis or Cult yeah. of Luna yeah. or, you know, um, any of those bands from that period. Uh, Today is the day, right? You can compare them to those bands. The thing about all of those bands is, is they are very, very wildly experimental and will haven to me always felt like the kind of the ramones of that type of music where you just come on and you go right yeah. I'm, I'm not i'm not i'm gonna press play a yeah, second C, C. yeah yeah i'm gonna I'm kind of, yeah <laughs> of yeah. noise core right where you'd sort of go yeah. i'm gonna press play but i know it's just gonna go and and it did. And then I'd go, brilliant. That's exactly yeah. what I wanted. And so I put this on and I was like, right, I'm ready to have another couple of Wilhaven songs that will be added to their set list. And when I go and see them um, and do my back in and pull my fucking hamstring because I can't <laughs> not mosh to fucking I've seen my fate. I should be banned from their shows and from rancid shows. But yeah. actually, this has got a couple of things in it which I haven't really heard Wilhaven do to the extent that they do it in this. You mentioned Blast Beats. They were always a proper, like, kind of like 4-4 Phil Rudd, you know, yeah. like Mitch Wheeler was always like, yeah. you know, fucking... Groove drummer. Groove yeah. drummer, like nothing pocket, else. Just yeah. pure groove in the pocket. Very, very simple. Very, very, like, kind of driving, you know, foot on, steady foot on the gas, at the you know, down the motorway, down in one lane. And he doesn't here. He does a whole load of other different stuff. Um, and it gets really fast. But I think the thing that impresses me most about this record is just how fucking savage they sound. They still sound yeah. unbelievably savage. Like, you know, there's that kind of classic. I mean, check out the riff on Diablito, which I think is kind of classic Wilhaven, but it's scratchier and nastier than they've sounded for a really 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 long time like i the thing is right i know you listening will go yeah but you love will haven this is another <laughs> one of those things where you go yeah but whatever they do you're gonna like it and yeah that's you're you're you you've got me you got me bang to rights right you got me bang to rights i fucking love will haven and everything they do i'm gonna be like yeah it's great it sounds like will haven but particularly on this record, I genuinely think it's the best they've sounded since maybe, I think they, they started to, over, not overproduce, but they started to fatten their sound to a point where it, it lost a little bit of that ragged, jagged, almost kind of hardcore energy to it after WHVM. And I think that's why I'm less keen on Carpe Diem because it was a bigger, sort of fatter experience. It was a more kind of chunky experience. And I think they've taken, I think they have dialed that down a little bit. And I think they sound more acidic and they sound nastier for it. And I'll tell you what, mate, I am fucking here for it. I I, I love this. Surprise. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> um, I mean, like the, like Jeff Irwin's riffs. Just, oh, I mean, that, like the bended riff at the start of um, For All Future Time. 
Mm. Oh, it's just, yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know, if Jerry Cantrell played in Gajira. It is, isn't it's it? Just, yeah. It's just got this it's mad sounds. It's got a, um, almost makes, makes me feel a bit seasick with that. Wow. A little bit. And um, yeah, f- uh, fire, fire and fire. This just... it's, 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 it's the best kind of hard song I've heard in quite a while. Yeah. Because, you know, I'd love to be all kind of, you know, hipster twat and go, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I've always, you know, I, 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 I'll happily say, you know, I, I haven't listened to kind of sort of the heavier end of stuff for a while, really. I sort of dipped in and out. Um, but that's what's been so nice about kind of sort of coming on here and stuff is getting ex- right. exposed. Yeah, basically just <laughs> get Steve grabbing my head and go, listen to this. Ah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Um, and it's it's just fucking gnarly and like the, the twisted screams that you know fucking just emit from Grady's mouth, man. It just sounds like the gnarliest fucking bile from the fucking depths of just hell. I mean, Grady's and, Grady's the thing, right? Like, yeah, you know, the band sounds. He's their expert. Right, he's their expert. You know, nobody yeah, yeah. quite sounds like Grady Avenel, no, and the fact that he's still no. you go and see him, and like he's still fucking you know, folds his body in half while he's like, and bangs his fucking head in such a violent way. And whilst letting out this like, absolutely blood curdling scream, like mate, I mean, you know, Will Haven in terms of like, heavy music, you just don't get much more sort of excited about seeing heavy music played than when I do. And I think, you know, Grady's got that thing. I think it's really, you know, like heavy vocalist, screamy vocalist, shouty kind of yep. dirty vocalist. Yeah, people like, you know, like um your man from uh Lorna Shaw right now who's getting a lot of like people are like, oh wow, he's got an amazing voice. It's like, yeah, I but but I never sort of feel he's cool, but like I never kind of properly feel anything with that guy, right? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh he makes a lot of funny noises. Whereas Grady, I just feel like it's like fuck me. Like it's like your soul is on fire. It's yeah. like you, you, it's like it is genuinely torturous, and I think when you can get one of those vocalists who bring that to to this type of music, I think it just elevates everything. And yeah, um, and he's he's like, he's unique. He's genuinely like a unique vocalist. I think Grady in it in a sea of like identikit, like you say, whoa, vocalist. He is genuinely fucking unique. And I've probably said this a billion times before you probably sit in there going mate i've been listening to you on podcasts for fucking 10 years now and i've heard you say this endlessly and you're still giving these guys lead review honestly this time not the other times they weren't great particularly this time particularly this time i think this is this is the best thing they've done since carpe diem it's fucking fantastic it's an absolute home run of of like a sludgy heavy album which is kind of exactly what my ears needed without realizing it and my soul feels all the better for it frankly i i haven't stopped listening to this all week it's it's fucking it it's great and it's got me wanting to go explore further into into like the years where they literally were not on my radar yeah, you, and, uh, you've got to get out like Diablo, saying, man. You've got to get, you've yeah, got to yeah, get yeah, an yeah. Diablo, man. It's fucking incredible. Okay. It's All incredible. Right. 
but like like you said, it's they could still like Grady could still do this shit live. You know, like mm. Chino can't sing the way he did twenty odd years ago anymore, and that's fine. Grady can, yeah, and it's and it's just like fucking hell, what wow, okay. Um, so you're still being able to do it at this kind of intense level, you know, 25 plus years in your career. Um, and I, lo- I, I love the fact that yeah, even a scene like, you know, what did you call it? Sludgecore or whatever. No- right? Yeah, kind of noise core, yeah. yeah. No- noise sludgecore, right? Even a scene like noisy sludgecore, right? Can still have a Ramones or an ACDC. Yeah. Even in that fucking scene. You know, the, the reliable one, like you know, like Fu Manchu are to the Stoner scene. When you when you get a new Fu Manchu album, you know exactly what it's going to sound like, and I think you know, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But like you said, there is a little bit of nuance in this album, a bit of light and shade, which certainly wasn't there on the last time I listened to them. It was all just like fucking for half an hour, <laughs> which is fine. That's fucking great. Awesome. What more do you want? But yeah, there, there's, you know, I, I'm assuming that, you know, they will be touring this. I'd love to. I've, I've never actually seen Will Haven live. So I I would happily go and see them on on this tour. Yeah. Definitely. Fucking great Definitely. live. And you know, it's going to be at like the fucking underworld. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to be horrible and amazing. Yeah, it, it will be both, definitely be both. Of yeah. those uh, there you go. Will Haven 7 is out now. Do go and listen to that. It is fucking yeah. brilliant. Go and bang your head until you need something nice and fun and soothing to uh, to sort you out. And we've got exactly what that thing is, if you're interested. So this is quite the one too. Will Haven into Wham!, uh, we haven't really on this show properly done any reviews of like music documentaries or music films or biopics. We haven't really done that yet, but um, it's something that I think we want to do more of. And I think we will try and do more of it, books and all those kind of things. And we've kind of been definitely. threatening it a little bit. So uh, there is a brand new documentary that's just come out on Netflix. As we record, it came out yesterday. Um, so as you listen to this, if you listen to the day it come out, it'll be on your Netflix right now. Um, this is a new documentary called Wham! about the 80s pop sensations directed by Chris Smith. You familiar with the work of Chris Smith at all, Gaz? He did. But vaguely, gone. Probably are, resume. yeah. So he did the yeah. Firefest documentary. Fucking <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <Right>. lads. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he also did, I think maybe like even more interestingly, he did the Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman, um, Jim and Andy doc, right? Which is... Oh. Like yeah, a ma- mad as fuck, like absolutely wild that documentary. So I would say those two are well worth watching because they're both quite jaw dropping documentaries, aren't they? They're both kind of the things where you go, <laughs> yes. "Holy fuck!" Like, is that Man. wow? Look at that! Like, and there's nothing on this which is um, as sort of, I guess, wowing or, I mean, you know, other than the actual. The, the 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 band and what the band became but it's not one of those things where you go holy fuck like this is a crazy documentary what a crazy kind of thing it's actually much more just it's a very kind of well presented straight ahead biopic and story told through uh the voiceovers of andrew ridgely and 
George Michael, we have to assume that that is obviously um, a lot of kind of old archive footage uh, or archive recordings of, of George Michael um, detailing that like kind of unbelievable 80s period where two teenage kids from London became the biggest, arguably the biggest pop band on the face of planet Earth. It's um, it's a hell of a story. And I mean, you know, for those of us uh, who grew up in that era, uh, it's got some brilliant, brilliant nostalgia attached to it, I would imagine. And that that's us, <laughs> by it. the way. That's, that's us. Uh, what did you think about this, uh, this film, Gaz? I mean, it was, like you said, it is just essentially... A straight up kind of almost rudimental kind of documentary. That's you know, the, you know I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all, but you know it, it tells the story the start, you know when they first met at school, and you know the beginning bit they released uh, Fantastic, and then you know literally within like a year or so were like the biggest one of the biggest bands in the world. To the end, with you know with, with that final the final gig at. Um, at Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium. Mm. And, you know, it's... Some people were probably thinking, oh, is it going to go into the seedy side of, oh, what was George Michael up to, ooh, and all this. And it was like, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to know about that. When I... What I want out of, like, a Wham! documentary is just kind of joyful, nostalgic goodness mm. of how fucking mad and crazy it was. Cause the, uh, you know, George Michael's music has been around me my whole life. Yeah, and same. obviously in Wham! and solo stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Huge George Michael. My mum was a huge George Michael fan, so inevitably I became a huge, as anyone with a pulse should be, really. Um, But, you know, there, there were some, some kind of genuinely, there were some genuinely like jaw-dropping moments for me. The first one... And I'm sure you had exactly the same. I know what you're going to say. I know exactly yeah. what you're going to say. Yeah. Careless Whisper that, demo. That fucking demo, Careless Whisper, when mm -hmm. they were like 14 or something. Just in the, And, you know, the demo was like, what, 30 seconds long, yeah. right? But the fucking song is there already. And you're just like, I'd never heard that no. before. And I, I was just sat there going, what yeah. the... What? what? It, it, it's just... It just made my head just go, what? This is fucking crazy, right? Mm. But it also, for me, shows that, that that film does actually show, right? How how kind of integral, right? Andrew originally was to Wham. Wasn't the George? It was. It wasn't George Michael show. Yes, yeah, true. It it, it it really wasn't. It really wasn't. Um, and you know, not only that, but but then like the thing that I never knew about was when when George Michael went over to America to record with fucking mus the Muscle Shoals guys. Yeah, and that I'd, ne I'd never. I never. That's the room where Ray Charles like, recorded with yeah, the man. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, where, that's Franklin, where Aretha so. Franklin stood and all that shit. It was just, like, I never, I never even knew about that. I never knew it, and I'd never heard that version. Yeah, that was done with like you know this incredible fucking crack session band, one of the greatest session bands of all time. Mm making this soulless version of one of the greatest pop love songs ever written. Yeah, it's fucking mad. And, and immediately George Michael just going, no, we're going to scrap it. It's not good enough. You know. 
And, he was like uh, 20, yeah, 20. Imagine yeah, around to this those is people the thing, right? That, he it? was a fucking, you know, barely out of his teenage years. And the, the, whole, the whole kind of footage of them, you know, doing like, doing like little kind of turns at like club nights and stuff when they're getting on stage and they go like, wham, bam, I am. And there's all these drunken fucking gumbies going, <laughs> you know, the front, it's just like fucking hell, you know. And I, I see, I, I was obviously you had, you had Andrew Ridgely, you had George Michael, right? And I always thought they're two backing vocalists. It was Pepsi and Shirley. I, that was another thing I do. I didn't realize DC Lee, who we spoke about on the Paul Weller special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Paul Weller's ex-wife and Star Castle. I didn't realize that she was one of their original backing vocalists. I didn't either. With Pepsi. No, no, I didn't know that either. No, we shared. We shared we, oh, fuck, which one's married to fucking Martin Kemp? Oh, I, that's... I was forget. Is it Pepsi or Shirley? Shirley. Because she used to go with Andrew Ridgey, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, The blonde one. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah I, I had no idea that DC Lee was their original kind of black female back in singer. I, I, I had no idea. Yeah. When Mate, I pick up it, first, you know, it's DC Yeah. It's, it, it, it's the songs, man. It's whenever you hear the song, they're just, they're so fucking joyful. And it's it's fucking it's just it's just fucking great, and it, I I just I I adore those songs so much. Yeah, man. I mean, so, so much. it's fucking it's killer. This documentary yeah. is 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 fucking absolutely killer. And I think you know, Wham. So much happened to Wham that even like there was a point where he where where George goes, oh, you know, I had this idea, and he ran upstairs, and I was like, what's he gonna do? Because he gonna there's a football match on, and we were sat doing nothing. And uh, I went upstairs, I've written it. And I was like, did, did they yeah. write a football song? And then he's like, oh, you know, I come up with the last Christmas. And I was like, my God, yeah. like, I, I, I didn't even cross my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, last Christmas. Fucking hell, it's like the biggest fucking song pretty much. And yeah. and that coming out the same Christmas as, yeah. you know, Band-Aid and, you know, yep. them Band-Aid. not getting to number one because Band-Aid got to number one. But then all of the proceeds from last Christmas go to the same proceeds yeah. that were like i didn't know that i mean Andrew originally and george michael throughout all of this come across brilliantly like i think everybody oh, knows i mean i've got there, there are a few musicians who i get well tetchy about like a fucking guard dog if like a like a fucking attack <laughs> dog if, if anyone wants to kind of talk shit about them george michael is one of those is one of those yep, musicians fine. and i think fine. you know when you look at like what he was, which was a kind of the son of a sort of Cypriot immigrant working class dude who, you know, sort of found he was shy and a bit kind of uncomfortable with himself and was obviously hiding quite a lot of stuff, you know, hiding his sexuality and, you know, kind of having to kind of bury all of that. And, you know, starting his like scar band with his mate. And then having to come out to his mate and, you know, Andrew Ridgey being so fucking cool about it. Oh, yeah, we play Wembley yeah. Stadium. But obviously this is, you know, I know what's really going on. So it's all cool. Like, let's just end it. I know that we have to do it. And Andrew Ridgely, you know, seemingly, even for, they say, you know, oh, he's the joker and he was the kind of crazy one. Having no ego about clearly playing second fiddle to George, yeah. you know, obviously probably got on his nerves quite a lot. They, they do kind of hint at that. But yeah. It's it's fucking it's so great and George Michael like he's not like Prince or Stevie Wonder or you know he's not born 
a fucking superstar. He's not, he doesn't, no. he didn't exit the, you know, the womb with this innate, inert kind of God-given phenomenal ability. Like he worked at being a singer and he worked yeah. at being a songwriter. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, I didn't know he produced their albums. Yeah. Like self-produced all these songs. He's a fucking kid. It's unbelievable. And I think that that's, yeah. that's what's brilliant about George Michael. For all that, you know, and again, like we should, another thing about George Michael, and you don't really forget this, but this does, this documentary does hammer it home. Like, how fucking good looking is that guy? Like, how hot yeah, but, is George Michael? He's like the yeah, fucking yeah, but hottest how, thing how, ever. How, how chunky and ugly was he when he was a kid though? And it's just like, you look at him, you look at those pictures of when he was like a little kid and then you look at him like when he was 20. On stage at Wembley, yeah, at the end. Yeah, you're going, just like, this guy's fucking wow. beautiful. Ooh. Like, unbelievable. Just, just, just how good. perfect specimen like, he's so of a man. so ridiculously good looking. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and yet, yeah. Sickening. Like, but like, he's, he's a really fucking relatable guy. He's like a really, yeah. really yeah. relatable guy. And, you know, all the, the footage of them playing, you know, stadiums in america the footage of them playing you know being the first band to go out to communist china and play a yeah. co- like you know hilarious and bizarre and you know and it kind of ends and it just it ends on that like spoiler alert but you know obviously it, it ends on that wembley gig it doesn't go into yeah. george's solo material it doesn't go into other things and there there is um you know there's a, there's that amazing george michael documentary that came out um uh, I think just you know George Michael um I forgot what it's called now but it, it came the one that came out it was on channel 4 yeah. as a two part that came out you know yeah, and it, yeah, it was yeah. it was filmed really it filmed it was filmed bef- before he died obviously and then yeah. it was kind of aired just after he died and it, it's fucking absolutely brilliant he, it's so good even James Corden can't ruin it right and uh, but this for that little yeah. you know the the kind of the exploration of wham as a band and when you see all the kind of the snarky attitudes that people had yeah. towards them back in the day, and then you've got someone like Elton John going, George Michael's a fucking yeah. brilliant songwriter. It's like, yeah, who's, who, who's yeah. right? Who's right in the end? It wasn't John exactly. Peel, was and it? Those, no. Oh, yeah, what did, he, what did he call it? Casablanca, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it, like, yeah, like, like, yeah. And just trying to be all fucking, well, just being all po-faced and John Peel, mm. you know. But those, literally, I think, what was it? 10 12 singles they released yeah. everyone is fucking bulletproof as much as i can't stand wake me up before you go go anyway <laughs> yeah. right these songs are bulletproof man i'm your man everything she wants edge of heaven possibly the greatest final single by a band ever it's absolutely fucking you know fantastic like song. even the early stuff man bad boy bad boys fucking so shit man bad boys it's is the first thing. piece of music i ever picked up and said can you buy this right and uh, i bought i think i've said this before like my dad uh liked rock music and i saw andrew ridgely and george michael on the front cover both wearing leather leather jackets i was like oh dad likes rock music and i definitely seen like young guns and wham rap on the telly and I was like, you know, I would have been three. And I was said to my mum, can we get dad this for his birthday present? You know, so I really kind of, I wanted it. And my dad got it. And for yeah. years kind of pretended to like bad boys. Bad boys is like hilarious. But like, again, yeah. I, I fucking love it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I 
you know it's the first ultimately the first record that i ever bought but yeah i mean i'm just going through their their discography now like yeah young guns wham rap bad boys club tropicana wake me up before you go go careless whisper freedom everything she wants last christmas i'm your man edge of heaven and then where did your heart go is actually the yeah apparently the last one but yeah like fucking so good this yeah it's just bulletproof i mean i've got um, a couple of years ago i bought um i bought the final album mm. you know the final mm. it's, you know it's kind of it, it, it's mad that they only ever did like two proper albums yeah and the third album was the greatest hits <laughs> with a few new songs tagged on the end i know ridiculous you know and even the new songs on there there's a track on there called battle stations which is fucking great Possibly, you know, it's 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 kind of hard trying to find a deep cut for George Michael's kind of entire discography, but that is an amazing deep cut. Mm. Battle Stations, which is on the final, it's only on the final. It wasn't a single, um, but at the end of the day, we, we all, I mean, you and me always say it all the fucking time, but a lot of those '80s songs sound even better now than they did back then, right? And when when on on the documentary when when everything you want kicks in, mm. it's just this just kind of sophisticated in soul. You know, you can imagine like fucking Marvin Gaye singing it or something. Do you know what I mean? There's just yeah. something about it. His songwriting, fucking next level. And, and, you know, to go back to the bit we were talking about at the start, that, and it, when you hear that 30 seconds, that Careless Whisper demo from when they were kids, it literally it stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, I had too. to pause it and I rewound it a couple. I was like, I need to hear that again. That is fucking outrageous. That is outrageous. I'd always heard this the story, the famous story. Oh, you know, he wrote Kellis when he was sixteen. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's probably a load of bollocks, but but it's fucking not. It's mad. And, it's mad. I mean, and yeah. you know, like I'm I'm really glad that kind of because Wham were always a kind of were a joke and I was but I was like oh I actually really you know throughout everything yeah. throughout like my most metal years I always liked Wham and I always was like you know like like you say wait a minute before you go go when it, when it came on like it's been overplayed to the point where yeah now but I just think you know again man I say this all the time pop music is meant to be yeah. OT aspirate like nobody is more yeah. fucking aspirational OTT and yeah. just yeah. cartoonishly joyous and fun as something like Wham and it's not True. kind of wacky fun it's not like yeah. you know I mean you could go yeah. say the, the you know the, the dance moves and the haircuts and the you know and everything looks kind of 80s and cheesy like yeah 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 I get it but those songs ultimately like they must surely move you a little. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, like, yeah, I can't yeah, imagine that they don't. Like, uh, man, uh, they're fucking great. And, and wait me up before you go, guys. As much as I'm like, oh, that fucking song, blah blah blah. When you hear it in the context of the film, it works differently. You know, usually when I hear the words, "I got the jitterbug," I immediately just go, oh. Next, no, no, <laughs> just no, no, fuck off, no. But when you hit, when you see it in the film, with, with, with the other, you know, Andrew Rizzi does the famous story about he wrote a note for George. And, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, blah, blah 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 blah. You know, you know, you know. It's a wonderful story. I love, I, I love, I love little kind of things like that where these kind of world famous pop songs come from. You mm. know, uh, and then you know when it really goes to the video with the 
yeah, the slap of the gun. Jitterbug. I'm just sitting there going, that's fucking good song. It's undeniable. It's undeniable. They're bulletproof. Every one of their singles is bulletproof. I mean, there is a reason they use that song on that scene in Zoolander, because I don't think that (laughs) kind of like almost sort of it sounds insulting to call it like you know a kind of a brainless desire to just have a good time and i don't mean it like it's brainless as in oh god aren't they stu-? you know this is shit and aren't they stupid but like it is you just you just don't need to think you just move do you know what i mean you just go a jitterbug and, and it's so it is unbelievably cheesy but yeah there's a way it's put together and i mean it doesn't matter and i think as when you when you chuck in i mean you know freedom the the way that freedom is constructed as a song is fucking unbelievable but yeah we're going into kind of how good a wham territory the documentary is really 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 good i really really enjoyed it it, really enjoyed it man. well worth seeking out it i I had a lot of fun it's a wonderful way to spend 90 minutes and it just absolutely hammers i mean it it hammers i don't you know for me i don't need to be reminded of just what a fucking beautiful human being george michael was but i think andrew ridgely i think it's worth pointing out like you say the contribution andrew ridgely made to that band is is really um front and center in this documentary and also i think andrew ridgely comes across as like a really fucking decent a really good human being as well i think the two of them their relationship between the two of them um is really touching and um i think it's yeah it's lovely and yeah man it's um it's really good. George Michael is, I I wouldn't hear a single solitary bad word said against George Michael. I will fucking kill you if you talk shit on George Michael. <laughs> anyway, um, there you go. Uh, wham! It's on Netflix now. Let's move on to something which also uh, is part of the the zeitgeist in a lot of ways. It's just the zeitgeist from now, which makes it a little bit harder, I imagine, for both of us to get that excited about it pink tape by little uzi vert the third studio album from the philly rapper follow-up to last year's red and white album little uzi vert is big right he's big if you're maybe you know not listen you listen to us because of rock you know rock music and stuff like that and that's what you're kind of into uh there is a chance that maybe uh or you know if you're our age maybe you might not be aware of just how big Little Uzi Vert is. I'll tell you how big he is. He is 39,155,488 monthly listeners on Spotify big. That is big. He's got a song, Lucid Dreams, that has 200 and a, and, and a, and a quarter of another 100 million plays. Like, he's... he. Sorry, no, no, not two. Two billion, sorry. Two billion plays. Two billion plays. He's big, little Uzi Vert. He's a big, big, big dude, right? Um, and you know, I have listened to bits and bobs of various of the kind of emo rap, SoundCloud rap things over the years. When it first happened, I couldn't bear it at all. I couldn't stomach any of it. I am a little bit more open to it now i think i'm a little bit more used to the sort of the tropes and sounds and styles and the the flavors of it but this is actually little uzi vert's quote-unquote rock album theoretically 
Uh, it features guest spots from Bring Me the Horizon, from Baby Metal, from Nicki Minaj. I mean, that's not so rock, admittedly. And that song, that fucking bad is bad. Stop using the hook from fucking I'm Blue Now, but like, no, please, yeah. please, please stop. Modern pop artists, fucking... stop. Yeah, oh, just, no. Yeah, that's something from the nineties. I don't want back. Yeah, that's, yeah I don't want uh, that. that you take, put that with like the, the poll tax. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't want that. That's the forgotten nineties. We do not want. Yeah, please. Um, it also yeah. has a cover of Chop Suey. Uh, it's called CS Chop Suey by System of a Down. Um, that in twenty years, I imagine people will be tweeting is better than the original. We've seen it recently with uh, people saying that um, Michael Jackson's version of Smooth Criminal is inferior to the Alien Ant Farm version. I did see somebody tweet that and someone replied, (laughs) yes, and Fall Out Boy's version of Beat It is better. I mean, cool. It's weird, weird to get the fucking Alien Ant Farm thing going, but don't fucking hell. Fuck me. Talking about, sorry, just quickly talking about Fall Out Boy. Have you heard their updated version? Yes, I have, yeah. Good, because then I, yeah, because I, good, right, I don't, yeah, it's shit, on, on, let's go yeah. back to this. Okay, <laughs> how dare you change the lyrics in one of the greatest well, 80 I, songs. I actually think it's a good idea, like, funnily enough, I was having a conversation about that song, and I was like, somebody should do that and do it back, it's 30 years old now, it's about 30 odd years old now, someone could do that, but the thing is, Billy Joel, it's chronological, and in the Fallout exactly. Boy one, he goes, all over the fucking place. He says like, oh, I don't know, like Michael Keaton in Batman, 9-11, Harry Potter, yeah. Elon Musk, and then Jurassic yeah. Park. And it's like, well, that didn't happen, did it? You fucking no. idiot. If, it do, if you can't make it work, mate, if you can't make it work, you can't do it. Either do no it. Um, I mean, to quote George Michael and Wham, if you're going to do it, do it right, right? Do it for me. Yeah, do it for me. Don't do it for me. I'm not fussed, to be honest, Fallout Boy. Anyway, (laughs) um, let's talk about Leah Lucy Vert. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so look, this is is a big... I guess this is kind of a big, big deal. Um, And it is... There's things about this which is exciting. Like, you know, if you're a rock fan and a massive rapper like Little Lucy Vert is bringing Bring Me The Horizon and Baby Metal onto his album alongside Nicki Minaj. Like, you, you have to say... That is a good thing for the genre, right? Like, that is a good thing for the genre. Travis Scott is also on this. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? It's got, like, it's got some big fucking artists on it. And it's got a lot of fucking, a lot of fucking hype around it. And it's made a lot of people, I think, who maybe might have not even wanted to consider Little Easy Vert as something they might want to even listen to. They're now listening to him. And... The people that are already listening to him might go and listen to Bring Me the Horizon, might go and listen to Baby Metal. I think that is a cool, a cool thing. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, have, have, did you listen to this geezer before? I say no, geezer, it's, never. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm about thirty-two years too old to listen to this. Okay. Objectively speaking, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, but nothing's made know, me if, feel if, so if, old for a fucking yeah, long time. I've got to be honest. If I, if I was, because I, I think this was the first thing that you you sent me through. At, like the when you sent when we were chatting, I think at the start of the week you were like, right, we're gonna we're gonna do this album, this album, this album. I think this was at the top of your list. Yeah, so obviously this is the first one I put on, and I was like. <sighs> You can't. 
Okay, right. Battle lines are drawn, are they? Okay. I, but... I mean, I, good things are, for me... I, I, I like some of the collaborations. The, the Bring Me track, it's good, I think, is fucking great. Yeah, it's very good. That's a big, that's a big chorus. Mm-hmm. That's a, It's a sort of song, right? When you listen to that, it's a sort of song that... Linkin Park cry themselves to sleep at night wishing they could write a song half as fucking good as that, right? Yeah, it's, it's a great big. song. Really it's good. It's a big fucking mm. big chorus. Mm-hmm. You know, when that riff kicks in, it's like, oh. But I can also imagine the sort of people that would listen to this album, right? Because that's like track, fuck me. Oh, there's about 80 Track 18. Songs album, right? right, okay. Mm. <laughs> um, and like, by the time it gets to this, this is nothing like anything that's come before on this album. And I can see people that are probably, that, that are into Lil Lucy Vert, right? Want to listen to this album. You'll get to that track. And I can see a lot of people going, fuck is this shit? Yeah, I mean, you've got to say, well, the, the, the Chop Suey cover comes just before it. So I think he does Oh, was that just before? Off. I thought it was just after. Right, it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, can, we, um, can, can I stick to the positives first? Before it, we go yeah, 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 do, you know, yeah. I, I love the baby metal collaboration that song is that song sounds like ketamine i i have it's, to say it's, yeah it's horrible gnarly yet really fucking beautiful for about 10 seconds then you go to a really horrible place with it and when the kind of baby metal vocals come in like da, 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 you know it's, it's 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 soulless like oh my god you know it's 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 ridiculous and but it's it's t- it's it, this album was not it's albums like this right that show to me that there's a lot of artists out there right that don't give a fuck about the linear story that a two-sided bit of plastic tell you right this album it's too fu- it's way too fucking oh, it's long it's so right? long it's it is so, so fucking long, long. Right? And, and and the thing is right the sequencing is fucking awful Right, it seems like literally they've thrown like fifteen pots of paint at the wall, and it's gone. Yeah, that'll do. See which one drops down to the floor first. Yeah, right. That's track one. That's track two. That's track. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Just yeah, just do it like that. That's fine. It just it it it, it just seems like I could be wrong with this. Maybe, maybe I'm just talking like a like a forty five year old white man, right? But <laughs> it, they could have done. They could have actually done. I think if they half the length of this album, there is some decent stuff on there. I think the first kind of two or three like tracks are actually really really good once i kind of once my ears got adjusted to that auto tune because initially i'm just like oh fuck really this is where we are 25 years after believe by share this is where we're at now right this is where we're at now you know those wounds are still fresh from 1998 hearing that just played to fucking death right but i mean I'm, i'm just trying where the, yeah, but Suicide Doors, I think, is, is a great song. I, re, I really like Times Two. Like, Times Two is really, is it actually really, Died and Come Back, I, I, I think, is a strong fucking track. Yeah, like. th- there's a little. So, to kind of just carry on from that, like, I I put this on because I'd, if you, you know, there's quite a lot of hype about it. You know, I heard it's like, kind of, yeah. oh, Baby Metal, and, you know, this and that. And, that. and I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to listen to this. And it's not someone. I think it would have been, you know, he's big enough that I think we probably would have covered it regardless, really. But, you know. Yeah. Um, but when I put it on, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be a bit of a tough one for me because 
uh, I was much more, I probably much more narrow minded when that whole kind of emo rap thing took off like five, six years ago, whatever it was, or started happening five or six years ago. So I was like, well, I should be more, I'm definitely more open to it than I would have been back then. But it's just a style which still seems to kind of leave me quite cold in the most part. And the first sort of three, I thought even, you know, I with Travis Scott, I was like, oh, you know, we're here, Travis Scott, see what what he's got to say sort of thing. And that did very little for me. It wasn't really until Amped where I was like, that was all right. That was all right. And yeah, like you say, I I think Dining Came Back, I think is good. That's really good. I I really like that song. There's a little period in the middle where I was like, okay, this is really kind of, this is this is starting to kind of, and I was thinking, what a shame! It's near the end of the album. Little did I know, um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, well, you know, we're yeah. about sort of seven, eight tracks in, and there's a little run. I think you know, amped. I was like, that's all right. And then you get X two, Dinah came back, uh, Dinah came back, spin again. Don't need that. Um, that fear, I think, is pretty good. Uh, I got a, and then it's endless fashion with Nicki Minaj, where it drops right down off a cliff again, and Massively. we get a, a, you know, not a great little run which yeah. culminates in i mean let's just talk about it a, a cover of chop suey which is i mean maybe maybe we sound really old and out of touch here but i just no, think I, don't, I don't think so it's a dreadful cover dreadful it's- I mean, when it first starts, I, I thought, oh, you know, when it starts, it ding 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 I was like, oh, he's sampling Chop Suey, okay. Yeah, what's he going to do then, with it? Yeah, well, oh, okay. I was like, you know, because obviously the, the previous few songs on this were very much kind of, yeah, emo rap, a bit kind of trappy, I guess. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, they, like, that riff, obviously, instantly identifiable, all-time rock classic. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, oh, okay, the drums have kicked in. And it's just like, okay, where's this going? And then he comes in, and it's just like, and oh, I was doing the whole fucking song, but like some drunk, coked up knob in a karaoke <laughs> bar right at three in the morning go nah 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 i'm gonna fucking do chop suey right check this out and he's trying to do like all the voices at once like, you know only put the kids up on the table and, and with all auto-tune, i can see is that yeah, yeah auto-tune to fire, but all i can see is that fucking goat in that vine video that went viral years ago going, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fucking scene and then it, you know, then it goes to the, you know the chorus, and he sings it, you know, auto tune, auto tune, right? But it's fucking out of time. He's about half a bar behind the rest mm. of the fucking song. Got to assume like, that's, that's on purpose, right? Surely, yeah. Is it though? You've got is it, it must be. Is if he it's trying not, to be all fucking hipster and edgy by going, "Oh, look what I can do," and it's just like, no, it's bad. Stop getting system down wrong, <laughs> and oh, oh, then it, just, but then it just continues on. And it's like watching a car crash in slow motion. Yeah, it's awful. And it's really it, it, awful. it got to the end, but I, 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 I sent you a message going, "What, what is this? Who is this even aimed for? Right? Who is this aimed for? Why would you cover Chop Suey 
I, th- I think you, you are I... biting off. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I a, don't get it. I, I don't get I it. I mean, in all seriousness, it, you know, it is like alien ant farm, um, trying to do smooth criminal. Like you are biting off so much more than you could ever possibly hope to chew by doing well, At least that. they were all playing in time and he sang in time. Yeah, but yeah, but okay, still. I mean, look, it's not the worst cover in the world. I'm not defending Alien no, no, no. Farm. Look, it's not the worst fucking cover in the world that Alien Ant Farm song. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's relatively funny. But like, no one's ever gonna. Well, fucking hell, some people do, don't they? Like, no one with any, like, no one with more than like any grey brain matter at all is gonna think that that's a good idea. Like, it, uh, I suppose the only thing that's a good idea about it is it makes people go, like, back then it made people go, oh, someone's covered Smooth Criminal, but, like, as a rock band. And now people are going, some SoundCloud rappers, you know, like, people in, in rock music probably don't know who he is. It's like, some guys covered Chop Suey. And... Yeah. But it's almost like, the fact it's called CS, right? Again, is that's why I just think always oh, trying to be all edgy and fucking hipster and a bit of a twat because why not just call it chop suey well this is the thing or are you that fucking ashamed of it you're just trying to fucking bury it or or, or claim it as your own fucking song because mm. there are like little bits and they're like there's a there's a there's some phones going off and he's like oh, yeah hey, I'm on. and uh, yeah. yeah it's just it is i'd say it is after that it's a good job that the bring me the horizon song came in after it because yeah, yeah. i was properly that like save, fucking hell that saves it really it, does man. save it um I will not be going. I've got to be honest. I might go back to the Bring Me the Horizon song. I think the Baby Metal song is is decent as well. It's funny as fuck. It's basically funny, yeah. Um, But I don't necessarily think that I need it. I don't think there's anything on here that I would go back to. I'm just going to have to, I'm going to have to plead the fifth here and just be like, look, I try as a 43-year-old man to, to, to go well, bloody kids music. I try not to do that, right? I try really hard not to do that. I try to see the good in everything. The, I, I, this type of music is just, I'm just, I just think I'm never going to like it. Like I, I'm never going to, I'm never going to like a power metal, like just generally go, oh, power metal. Like I might like this one. I just don't think I am. And I just don't think I'm going to like this particular brand of, of hip hop. I just don't think I am. I, I just don't like it. And, you know, it. I, I couldn't tell you whether this is a good version of it or a bad version of it. Obviously, he's very big. He's not as big as Juice World or, um, you know, Post Malone. So I don't know where he kind of ranks in the kind of, in, in, in that scene sort of thing. I don't I don't know. But I think I would probably on the strength of this, take either of them over Little Uzi Vert, to be honest. But then I don't know much about the rest of his back catalogue. Not for me. Ultimately, not for me. Interesting thing to listen to, but not for me. Yeah. Same. Yeah. The, the Bring Me track's great, though. Bring Me track is great. Just... I, will give, I will give it that, that, you know, why, why they put the, but again that's what I mean about the sequence why would you put that which is a genuine I think it's a it's a fucking great metal song it's a really good metal really strong metal <laughs> it's song like why would you put that track 18 or something is it like why exactly uh, and what's the previous track CS yeah that is weird isn't it yeah you haven't really what thought about fuck? that because it's why also you, why the morphous or is it or is it just like ah ha, 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 ha. yeah jokes on you mate because you know we meant that to be shit now listen to this track i've just done with bring me ah ha, ha, see 
Yeah, might got you. Might be. Funny. This, this is what I mean. Is he just like an evil genius? And it goes on. It's on le- you know levels that are just way above my fucking intelligence. I, I don't know. I don't think I so. Doubt I, I, do doubt I doubt it. I do doubt it. Let's I move, doubt it very let's much. move on. Pink Tape Please. by Little Easy Vert's out now. Here's something that is good. Mentioned this last week. I kind of had to bite my tongue a little bit. Life Under the Gun by Military Gun. It's a debut album from the LA-based hardcore band. I'm going to call them a hardcore band. Fuck it. Um, like I say, saw them at Outbreak last week. I thought they were decent last week. And I didn't go mad from. I said, you know, like, I think I believe I referred to them as the uh, the turnstileification of hardcore continues. And I didn't mean that as an <laughs> insult or as a bad thing at all. Um, I sort of skirted around it. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even realise it had come out last week because obviously I was at Outbreak. And I think he actually said it on stage, which I didn't hear him say. Um doesn't say much for outbreak sound mix but whatever but it did come out and i have had this album for a while i have listened to it a bit and i did sort of hold back on my live review of them because i knew that i was going to come on here at some point and say this album if you like turnstile particularly if you like to glow on i think you need to get your fucking ass over to life under the gun because this album is really really fucking great really great in it yeah, I mean, I mean, the main reason I checked it out was because um, well, a a good friend of mine, um, uh, James, James from Grieving, is there two mentions in the pod. Um, obviously, he's um, um, his his PR company are doing PR for them. You're doing PR this, for on, him right now. I'm literally doing <laughs> yeah. PR. How meta is this? Yeah, I'm know. doing the PR for his PR company, who are doing the PR for Military Gun. Right. Um, I'll obviously done a front cover of the enemy this mm-hmm. week. Well, the the virtual enemy, yeah. you know, the bag. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And literally within the first five seconds, I'm like, I'm going to fucking love this. You know, turnstile with Britpop fucking Stone Roses choruses and, you know, big fucking Northern Uproar guitars. Yes, please. Northern was, Uproar guitars. As if this band have ever this, heard this the is, name Northern Uproar in their fucking lives. I knew you had, though. <laughs> you old gets. That's all that matters, isn't it? I'm going to go up to yeah. him and be like, oh, yeah, ripping off Northern Uproar, are you, military Uproar? gun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. owe your career Wankers. to Northern Uproar, don't you? Stop fucking! I, stop stealing yeah. from menswear, you bastards! Yeah, thieving bastards! Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That long pig's wrist, boom! Yeah. I'm gonna get Gene I mean, to sue you. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. And so it begins. This is what it's gonna be like, people. Every week. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's. It's 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 yeah. It's excellent. D- this year's this year's high vis. Yeah, you know it's 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 a funny one, isn't it? Because I think the the, the funny thing about this band is obviously they're from LA, right? And I don't, and I think the thing about high vis is you can really hear that gritty kind of northern, yeah. um, that that kind of north street life, northern town thing in yeah. in high vis, right? You can hear it. So all that Britpop stuff, all of the kind of but you know the, the 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 stone roses and the the oasis and all the stuff that we've mentioned alongside high vis i just don't think that military gun 
as much as they do have a bit of that in them, I don't think they're ever going to be able to kind of replicate in the same way as High Viz did. I think like it's a good shout. I think it's a good shout in terms of like they are essentially doing like indie rock mixed with hardcore. Yeah. And but for but for me, this goes back to kind of sugar husker do this goes back to like you know that kind of yeah. like yeah i, I, I mean that. there's there's a song on it called which i think is by the way which i think is amazing called think less which oh which the hook is pure perry farrell it's pure jane's addiction nothing else around the song is it's all like shelter kind of yeah. you know sieve 90s bouncy hardcore like it's, it's funny we've been talking about walter shrifles and rival schools this week because if you go back into stuff that he was doing in the you know the kind of mid to, to late 80s i think in the hardcore sense this takes a lot of inspiration from from that but that hook from that kind of early alt rock there's a you know like it is indie but it's got a distinctly what i really like about it is because I, I thought like this sort of is a similar thing to High Viz, but High Viz sound really British and this sounds really American. And I think the two of them, yeah. that they would make a wicked, like that tour poster with the two of them on there together, the, oh, you know, the Union Jack right. and the, the Stars and Stripes doing kind of like, you know, modern punks, indie crossover yeah. tour thing would be fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I really, really do like this a lot. Uh, I think, yeah, in terms of, you know, is it as good as the High Viz album or the Turnstile album from the last couple of years? I think it's maybe not quite as good as those. I think both of those are proper classics. But I think yeah, it's, I think it's in the right, I think it's in the ballpark, certainly in the ballpark. Definitely. I mean, I've only been listening to it since Monday and it's the one I've gone back to the most out of all the albums mm. that I've listened to this week. Um, you know... The kind of phenomenal success of Turnstile, or deserved success of Turnstile. I mean, it has kind of broken this stuff, kicking and screaming from these little dive bars that they've been playing in. You know, this stuff does seem to be getting, I, I guess, yeah, more exposure. Them being on the front cover of The Enemy, like Hivers were on the front cover of Kerrang! a couple of weeks ago with... Yeah. I think was it was it Bob Villain? It was and Bob it was Villain like a, and uh, which yeah. somebody? Yeah. yeah. Um. But yes, it's it's hardcore. Yes, there is hardcore, and it is punk. It is it just is punk. But there's kind of a real kind of vulnerability to it, and I think you know that kind of insanely catchy, rough-edged rock song. And yes, that's a proper bit. Of, but it seems like such a simple thing, you know, like these sort of hardcore bands. But they're bringing in bringing in these kind of. The kind of Britpop, like Stone Roses, shimmery indie kind of guitar lines. It seems like such a genius thing to do. Why has no one fucking done this before? It seems so obvious, right? But like, I mean, there's this song on there, um, Never Fucked Up Once, mm. is is a definite shout for one of the tracks of the year. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, this is, this is instant top 10 album of the year. Straight away for me, this album. It's, it's, I think it's fucking phenomenal. No, it's not as good as the High Viz album. Not you know, there was spoiler. Well, not spoiler. There was only one album better, as far as I was concerned, last year. Um, um, but sometimes I do think if I could, if I could kind of redux that 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 list, I think I've listened to I've listened to High Viz more 
than Spielberg's. Like I've listened to Spielberg's yeah. since I did that list. Oh yeah, mate. You, you, okay, you, you always sort of you look know. at it, uh, you know, I think yeah, like, and I'm just there's, like, there's never you know, any it, definitive. It, 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 especially after, you know, um, fi- finding some amazing kind of videos of them at Outbreak. I found the wicked uh, video on YouTube of the opening when they did Morning Glory. Yeah, so good. And I'm just like, it, I haven't had FOMO in a while. <laughs> I, I got a lot of FOMO by listening to uh, you and especially Sam's lovely dulcet tones oh. on the pod last week. I was just like... It's insulting for oh, me. That's... I, well, sorry, mate. Yeah. I suppose you have to listen to mine more, don't you? Well, really? you're every fucking week, yeah, you? No, so, boring, you know, isn't it? Boring, isn't yeah. it? But yeah, oh, mate, yeah. it was really good. And, you know, Military Gun yeah. on the same day as High Viz, you're right, it made a fucking lot, a, a lot of sense. And... Yeah. Um. I feel like I listened this. I kind of listened to this album because I was curious about them. You know, it's on Loma Vista. They're on the same label as like Killer Mike and Corn. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's weird. Uh, and Denzel Curry, and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, I should probably listen. To it. So, so you know, I listened to it a bit, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then after seeing them, having listened to the album, knowing I was going to see them, and them being good, me thinking, I think you know, the album is better than they were live i think and i think probably my live review okay. reflected that a bit okay. it wasn't like yeah. where i saw high vis i was like holy fucking shit like you know military gun were good last week they were really good i very much enjoyed them i, I think it it's not quite like t- that's why i think like they're not quite turnstile but the thing is is you know is this as good as non-stop feeling by turnstile yeah i think it is it's not as good yeah. as glow this on the, it's not as good as this is their first album yeah so i think you know this so... is something which could become yeah. Really, really, really fucking special. And, you know, what I think is brilliant about it is, like you say, that mix of stuff. Do you know why they're bringing it in? Why has no one ever done it before? Because for a long time, rock bands didn't want to write songs. No one wanted to write songs. It was just like, you know, how technical can we be? How heavy can we be? Well, put the break. What's the breakdown? Where's the breakdown? Where's the kind of, you know, the thing they shout before the breakdown comes in? Well, you know, not anymore. Like now people aren't scared they, they see turnstile and they go how did they get big well they wrote songs that's what they did songs. write some fucking songs and this has got like you say i think the first four five yeah songs are incredible are, are, are really really good I'll go the first eight yeah right. i was gonna say like when you get to yeah um return policy yeah never fucked up once yeah. brilliant sway to really yeah. good Good album, this. Really, really good. Life Under the Gun, it's called, by Military Gun. You should go and you should listen to that. I suggest that is what you do with your time. Finally, to finish off this week's show, uh, we want to talk about Melted Bodies, The Inevitable Fork, Volume 2, the second part of um, two EPs that this art metal oddity are doing. Um, I brought this in because I love the last one. Part 1. It reminded me of all the mad shit that I like from Mr. Bungle, uh, System of a Down, I guess sort of heavier versions of Primus, Dog Fashion Disco, if you remember them. Um, of course you do. Uh, <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. yeah, all that good stuff. <laughs> Just yeah. kind of like, I guess the kind of wackier end of metal. And it was my favourite EP of last year. I really, really liked it. I loved all of that stuff. Um, and here comes... The second part of it, I was pretty excited to hear this as well. I'm going to say, um, it's not quite as bizarro and, and like wacky as the last one, which means 
I think it sort of loses a little bit of something on it. I still think this is pretty good. It's darker. It's not as good, but I still think this is this is good. 16 songs over four minutes. Um, they're an interesting band, I think. They certainly are. I mean, you sent this to me because you were like, I think I like this. Yeah. And um, yeah, huge Mr. Bungle vibes. Yeah, like a there's like a, a f more fucked up, heavier Primus. Um, it's I don't know, almost like a fever dream of noise. Um, like it's it it reminds me. Um, a good friend of mine, Chris. He plays in a band called Project Mork, who basically kind of sound just like this. Nice. Just, just fucking out, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. It just makes me laugh. It's so heavy and ridiculous and turns on a dime and goes somewhere completely different. Although, you know, like, um, but the, the, the track for me is it's, uh, State of Mind. Yeah. Track two. Yeah, yeah. Really is, good. That, it, it, again, it's just like the first, like, three seconds of it, right? It's like really, like, like quiet almost really processed guitar right and if you listen to that guitar line it sounds like a guitar line from like go west or fucking duran duran or like dang 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 mm. and you think oh okay it's gonna we close our eyes we <laughs> and, then, and then it just goes into like a fucking gajira riff or something. it's just it's just stupidly fucking heavy and then it goes like um when like the crew and vocals come in it, it, the crew the vocals almost sound like um like destroy have you ever heard of Destroyer? Remember yeah. Destroyer? Yep. Yeah. Kind of, you know, um yeah, wonderful. Absolutely you know, I love a bit of Destroyer. Um but then it just does a complete left turn again when like the nine inch nail fucking neo noir synth lines come in. And it's just like this all, is like all those industrial parts, I think that you know they, Yeah, they, yeah they, it's pro Yeah. Yeah. That's when this album at its best, when it just does when it goes like I'm not a massive industrial fan, but those bits when they came out, I was like, oh, fuck, this is great. Yeah. It's like something I'd be listening to if I was in a bar in Blade Runner or something, you know? I mean, I like the third song, The Avalanche. I think it's very yeah, dark, yeah, it's stalking. Great. It's just kind of, it's a bit weirder than the rest of the EP. Like, in it, it sounds weird to say that because they are very odd a band, but it kind of grinds along and it's all about how kind of gross the music industry is. And I think it's the sort of, because the last one was kind of very, very, wacky to the point i mean this one doesn't feel wacky to me you know i mean it's got a song called the hot dog contract on it at the start and yeah. the last song is called relax you are lazy so like you know it's not obviously not entirely fully serious but i think those middle two they found another level of sort of like just you should be a bit uncomfortable it's just quite an uncomfortable yeah, listen it is it is an uncomfortable listen um but I like that. I do, yeah. They're they're a good band, man. They're a, they're a good band. Yeah. Again, you know, this is four tracks over sixteen minutes. I would kind of, if you haven't listened to them before, I would, to be honest, point you in the in the direction of Volume One of the Inevitable Fork before you go to Volume Two. But I would still give Volume Two my hearty recommendation. So there you go. Nice. All right. Anyway, well, there you go. Um, Motor Bodies, The Inevitable Fork, Volume 2. That's where we're going to leave it. We'll see you next week. Uh, I'm going to see Blur, as Gaz already mentioned. I'm also going to see The weekend. I'm going to see The weekend tomorrow at the London Stadium. Good times. I was going to say see The weekend at The weekend. I suppose Friday is, will be The weekend. Hey, it's, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? 
guys. Hey. Yeah? Right. Oh. Hey. Session. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just woke up like, on the leaning against the side because I'm a bloody bloke or something. I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember. <laughs> Fuck that up, didn't I? Anyway, thanks very much Alan, for listening. Alan, that's the kitchen. <laughs> I've got to cook all the food. Um, anyway, uh, we'll be back next week um, talking about that and I'm sure there'll be other things that we'll be talking about. Um, can't wait. Don't know what they are, though. Be fun. Won't it? Be fun. You'll be here. He'll be back. Oh, of course it will. He'll be there. Can't wait. More, more nice references. <laughs> yeah. Going to be talking about the new album by Rialto next week. Ooh, bloody and, hell. Uh, yeah. Crumbs. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so we'll see you next wait. week, guys. Obviously, go to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. You'll be getting uh, stuff on Slow Dive, stuff on Talk Talk coming this week before we speak to you of the weekly show again. So get yourself over there and do that. Thanks very much. Cheers. <laughs>